dough coming from the rack store. Bet this back in the Mac in the back flow. Let's go, chillin' with raccoons by the back door. Take calls so you can stake more. All I wanna do is making dough right. But I found this crew and doing alright. We wreck, will bitch, ready to fight. So many raccoons ready for the boss life. I might fly high like a kite, right? But always ready for a shite for the right prize. Raccoon supply has the right price. Giving you respect if it's likewise. So I'm buying all the mean guys with the clean heart. Read between lies, laser bean through lean eyes. Larry or with clean lies, trash mouth, mean smile, be wise. NFT wise, fuck with these guys. It's the rack rap from the back lab. 100 NFTs in my backpack. Crazy rack rap from the stash app. Rack will take a lead in this haystack. It's the rack rap Rack FM. It is Friday, the 6th of October 2023. Cosmoverse has just finished. This is your number one USA breakfast show on a Friday, back in real time, and we have a great guest tonight. So at the moment, there's only two of us plebs in the room. We think everybody's scared, or they're all down horrendous, one of the two, or probably both. So without further ado, cutting through all the bullshit, Let's get down to the crack. Jessica, you uh, you had a little, I mean, it's it's conference season. It's a hot topic, blah, blah. Started with Ethan, yep. right? Uh, you went to Portugal, didn't you, yeah? Yeah, so I went to Portugal to go to Sub-Zero, which is a Polkadot developers conference. And how was it? Like, like how, I, I think a lot of us community members, maybe, who are not involved in the dev world, I think we often might ask ourselves, you know, is it a is it a jolly boy's piss up or is there actual work getting done? Because I've heard people talk about East Denver and stuff and say like, you know, there's fucking real work getting done. And then I've heard stories about Cosmoverse where nobody really gives a fuck. And it's, I mean, how do you, yeah. how do you look at it? Um. Well, this one, I think Sub-Zero was a little bit better than Cosmoverse. There was some actual work getting done. A lot of it wasn't really development work, more so than like maybe making deals between teams, trying to split up work, trying not to duplicate work, um, that sort of thing, and really trying to figure out funding. So when work goes down at these sort of conferences, it's usually revolved around like who's going to pay for this shit if i keep going forward um and when you go to a place like cosmoverse where it's like just the same four people talking into the void once again like they already know who's going to pay for it going to be like the users of those chains because when you control a giant community pool you know you just put that vote through you hit uh yes with your 10 percent validator and you've got your money so Jessica, there's there's like a million things we we can uh, <laughs> digest digest today, and uh, it is like a bit. Of, I say Bendy's come in, respect and shout out to Bendy, who I think is actually yeah, doing, shout out to Bendy. Uh, and he's doing some real world stuff, and he's actually, do you know, it, it's just his persona. He's like one of those guys, like whatever you say about Bendy, like you just cannot dislike him. He's got the likability factor, like Simon Cowell would say, the X factor. But anyway, quickly uh, moving on. I mean, Jessica, I do want to get to some backstory, but we might as well have a bit of current stuff before we delve. Yeah, in. we definitely, Sorry. we definitely should. 
Right. So the, probably one of the major ones of the day. I mean, everybody thought there was going to be an osmosis takeover uh, or acquisition. Yep. And I mean, Sonny came on Rack FM, like he, he quoted us on stage and said, like, you know, like, I think he told us, no, this is not going to happen, but in a roundabout way. But then Stride come out. So, Jessica, let's start with the Stride uh, Atom crack. Uh, I mean, what from a personal perspective, what are you thinking about? I know that they're only talk and engaging, you know, signal and prop, blah, blah. What's your viewpoint on the whole concept? Yeah, I'm going to be honest and start with saying I haven't read any of the uh, discussion going down on the forum. So I'm sure that maybe there's some um, pretty intelligent views going on over there. But my initial reaction was like, what the fuck are we going to do with this stride token? Um, I don't know who was buying it in the first place. I don't know what people were doing with it besides voting on governance. And to me, it's not so interesting to say. Are we going to make liquid staked assets next for like dead chain one versus dead chain two? Who cares? 80% of strides, uh, the liquid staked asset tokens are within like Cosmos Hub, their stride atom or some other big statistic. So, you know, my thought was like, it kind of makes sense for the team if they just want to stop development, they don't want to do anything more because a majority of their market share has already been created, you know? There's going to be very limited ways for stride liquid staked uh, assets to really grow unless some chain takes off. Maybe they'll want one for like DYDX's token. Maybe they want one for say, but I mean, that's about it right now. So from their standpoint and being like the uh, DYDX, DYDX, yeah. Talk all about their dance on stage. So, like, they had their little party, didn't they? Did you see the dance? E, I was dying I saw over the that. the dance. Yeah, I was dying over that too. I can't talk too much shit on DYDX because I like someone who works there. So, oh, really can. cool people that yeah. I've met. Yeah. Yeah, you know something? They are of the Kojira mold. They are of the like, I am telling you. And oh, is that Crypto Dungeon? Dude, I do apologize. Maybe you haven't been in. A lot, but the Friday ones when we do these interviews, they're normally a closed mic for quite a bit. But don't worry, bro, we will get you in at some point. Everyone, like, hopefully, if Jessica's okay, which she will be, like, but yeah, we have these little interview sessions, and that's exactly what uh, tonight is. I mean, DYDX are equivalent, like I say, to Chad's, like Kojira, like Shane and them at Stargears, where you're like, they get a free pass almost. I loved when he came out, he went. Just because we're building on like SDK doesn't mean we're like, you know, like part of the cosmos or like the like the terminology. I think this is where the definitions and terminology with the cosmos and IBC and this stuff really become like important. But Jessica, I'll tell you what. Agree. <clears throat> Jessica, let's start the beginning of the week, right? Uh yeah. so did you see Chango and the video she dropped like right before, like well, not right before, but leading up to Jack going on stage on the first day of Cosmos? I mean, first of all, do you think that was like engineered? Because we do, and also I shout out uh Bay Bands are saying, and we'll get to Bruce in a minute, but Jessica, so did you did you see the Chango video? Obviously, we were mentioned in there and Jack and Strange Love and the leeches on the ecosystem that was being alleged in that like clip. Did you see that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I did see that. I didn't watch the whole thing, I'm going to admit, because I've got maybe about 15 seconds of video tolerance before I flip it. Uh, thanks, TikTok. But I, I thought the whole thing was kind of funny. I didn't really care if it was kind of manufactured because the timing was just so perfect with Cosmoverse. You know that Jack made that. My my dealings with Strange Love in the past when I was at Flipside were uh, less than desirable. So, you know, he kind of deserves it if it wasn't manufactured. <laughs> Don't hold back, woman. Fucking hell. I mean, tell All us right, how- I won't. All right. So, tell us how you, you know, really feel. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you what happened and why I'm kind of like down on Strange Love is that. When I was at Flipside and we were a, or I guess Flipside still is, so I shouldn't say past, but it's a community-enabled data analytics platform. And Flipside has no interest into getting into infrastructure. It's a pain in the ass. And we were trying to add all of these different Cosmos chains, get a little bit of funding um, just so users to the platform wouldn't have to perform or pay like query credits. Um, and get a little bit of subsidy so people could actually use the platform, explore data, um, and really dig into that sort of stuff for free. Uh, because it is really like an expensive undertaking. If you get to using BigQuery, if you get to like get on Snowflake, et cetera. Um, and you know, we were talking and trying to find node providers and infra providers for some of these smaller chains. And Strange Love came to us and they gave us a proposal that was 10 times more expensive than any other node for full archive nodes. So like QuickNode, these big providers, they charge about $1,000 a month per node. Strangelove wanted like 10,000 a month per node for like Juno. And if we wanted to add say like Stargaze, they wanted another 10K a month. This is ridiculous, right? Like doesn't make any sense. And we told them that. And we told them, it was like, listen, we're not going to pay that. We would rather attempt to spin up our own infra, maybe missed a few data points instead of paying that. Like, you guys are being crazy. Well, after we told them that, a couple weeks later, we start to hear about this Numia data. And I know that Strangelove didn't, like, build Numia. It's more an informal thing. But that got spun up right after we told Strangelove to go kick rocks. And then, like, interesting. And then, like, going forward, when we tried to renew the osmosis funding, which failed, and there was multiple reasons for that. Like, flip side, we were being pushed internally by our leadership to ask for way too much. But, you know, it was just kind of made impossible. And it felt like there were people working, like, we would get people and we would talk to them, they'd agree to vote yes. And then they'd turn around and vote no. And then they're like, oh, I'm st- I'm sorry, I couldn't. My hands were tied. And we had that conversation like many times over. So there was just some strange things going on. And I think that there was some uh, weirdness in the background. Uh, very interesting, uh, Jessica. Honestly, I've been looking forward to this show for like how long now? Like I think we're talking like six weeks ago about getting you back on. And this is yeah, exactly yeah. why. it's just it's just like with conference season everything is like crazy even my today is crazy so yeah i mean there's a lot of uh take away uh from this week 
uh, you know, positives, negatives, etc., etc. I do just want to say we do have a co-host. Uh, I know B Bands is travelling. She will try and jump in, but uh, well, let's let's just say hello to Bruce there. Hello, Bruce. Are you all right, son? Hello, Robo. Hello, Jessica. Morning. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Well, hello there. I'm just sitting here eating some salad, feeling a bit better. How about you, Robo? You feeling better? Oh, dude, I was on a space for like tank at like 4 a.m. I mean, I couldn't sleep, man. I was going out my mind. But then I slept at like 2.30, woke up. Again, just got some bios down me, like some fruit shakes and shit like that to like some pork uh, pork bone soup and like just just trying to like keep uh, a level of sustainability kind of thing, if you know what I mean. But dude, uh, Bruce, I don't know about your opinion. I have to say this. I thought probably the weakest pitch I saw this week was actually Ethan. I actually thought Ethan Bookman, who came out and, you know, did the leadership thing, blah, blah, blah. I thought he was pretty weak compared to a large percentage of some of the other presenters. I, I'll tell you what, on the last day of the pitch thing, I thought the guy from 42, the uh, South African guy, I thought he was pretty nifty. In his, you know, the way he could present. There was a few, like, standouts. I thought Shane was excellent, a few others. Uh, but, man, there was, like, I mean... Sonny said a lot, but I kept looking at his costume, you know. I, like, I, got, I kept getting put off from the presentation by looking at this dude and, like, dressed up as, like, I don't know, gladiator, but with a, a worm infection. Uh, centurion. A Roman centurion. Well, I'm not sure what he was. I mean, it was interesting. But, uh, yeah, definitely uh, Ethan... I thought just flatlined from the beginning. Uh, they did pick up a little bit, but again, you know, when you look at the crowd for like the, the the beginning intro, blah blah, the whole thing, there was a lot of people not there. Like none of us are stupid. It, it is entertaining if you can sift through the shit kind of thing. Anyway, let's get back to business. Right, Jessica, Jessica, oh. Jessica. We've never had it this. Was- well, Donna, oh I've, been waiting, I've been waiting for a few people to join us. So, <laughs> Jessica, you said, I'm going to come on and tell my backstory one day. And this is the best open forum ever in the history of the world, I think, on Twitter spaces, right? For like people like yeah, us just totally. to build out. Right. Take us back oh, to... Oh, yeah. Funky is here now. Well, he doesn't... Funky doesn't so, actually Donna. know my villain origin story, despite me now working with him, which is amazing. Take us back to where, you know, where it all began. Just that's, that's the only thing I've got for you. Take us back to where it all began. Oh, man. Okay. So <clears throat> this is a very, very weird one. And I got into crypto solely because I had the misfortune of growing up in a cult. So I grew up in Scientology. And a lot of people don't know that. But, um, you know, pretty unremarkable, except for a lot of just like absolute head fuck that you go through. And I was really in college when I kind of got out of it. But a lot of the like conditioning that I've had over the years has kind of made me extremely libertarian. And there's a lot in there that's like, fuck banks, banks are terrible, they're evil, they're suppressive, like they're ruining this planet, they're part of the problem, etc. Um, 
And you know, I heard that and I didn't really think much of it because it's like, oh, it's a bank. I've got like $300 in here. I'm a stupid child. Like I'm in college. Um, who cares? And, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but it was like one night after a sorority party where I'd also gotten like really fucked up. And I had done a little bit of cocaine and I was like, I want to do more cocaine at this point. So that was actually the first time I ever purchased uh, Bitcoin was to try to get on the dark web and try to get more drugs. And, you know, I didn't succeed. I got the Bitcoin, but then I couldn't find like anything near me because I went to this rural college. And then I started hanging out in these Bitcoin forums. Like I got into Ethereum. I got very like idealistic in a sense where it's like, yes, this is the like sauce that's going to change the fucking world, man. Like everybody can use this currency. Fuck banks. Like that came back because I heard that from the Bitcoin people too. They're like, fuck banks, fuck banks, fuck banks. That, like, that is absolutely, that is fucking, I mean, I knew uh, the title is like Jessica's origin story, but obviously even I didn't know until now. That is nope. crazy woman. That is mental. No that one, is a, yep. I was like about four people that I used to work with knew that. And they knew that because I got very, very drunk in Boston. Well, I mean, the thing is, when you come to Rack FM, there's no judging. Like, we'll judge, like, you know, bad behavior or whatever, of course, you know, or ill intent or duplicitous activity. But, like, when people yeah. come on and say, like, this is where I come from, the origin stories of people, I think, because I've been through some shit, but, like, it's what makes you the character you are today, woman. Congratulations to Absolutely. you. And I'll say that, like, crypto and when you get meeting these people like from all over the world almost everybody in this space has got like a crazy origin story or like the people i really look up to seem to always have one and i don't know why it just turns like people into having like super autistic crypto powers for whatever reason well talk about origin stories i'll tell you what nobody's got a better one than uh, your woman b bands i'll tell you what the first time i met her when she talked about getting rabies and shit i was like who the fuck is this but uh let's welcome the queen of the room guys she's been missing in action m.i.a doing she's doing shit she's like out there building families like spreading a motherly wings like how much respect and love we got for this woman in the room uh, B-Bands, uh, good morning to you, darling. Oh my gosh, I've missed you guys so much. I hate being busy in real life. I, I miss just being able to be at home and just sit and chat with you guys. Um, and Jessica, holy smokes. The when you said you grew up in a cult, like, oh my gosh, I didn't grow up in Scientology. I grew up in a different cult. And yeah. um, I know how hard that shit can be. Um, like, I thought I was the only one going to heaven and stuff like that. It was crazy. But listen, so uh, real quick, when you left, I know leaving Scientology is like really hard. Um, yeah. Like, were you like labeled a subversive person? Like, were you like, like, were your family, were you weren't allowed to like talk to your family? Um did something like because you said you grew up in it so right did all right, right. Those things happen to you because i i watched no. subversive tv with like all oh, yeah. old scientology people like yeah with and like stuff. uh yeah the with like guy. mike render and leah remini yeah 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 yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I, I love i love that i love watching that and so when you said They're that like, my heart went out to you a little bit uh, they are amazing people but like i think that everybody in my family got declared to be very honest so there was a time like in the 
late 2000s where the church decided that they were going to close the rest of their like smaller missions here in the United States. And they declared almost everybody who had been like involved in one or working with one, whatever, because they wanted this push to like bigger buildings. Why they kicked out their public, I don't know, but that was kind of the time that we left was when they closed up shop like in Indy and then Louisville and other cities. Well, I mean, I'm glad you guys got out of that and are able to like yeah, live yeah. your lives in peace, but not having that over you because it is so much. Um, I've learned a lot about Scientology by just watching like all the things that people have to go through. And I'm like, it's insane. But anyways, I'm not trying to yeah. digress. I think this no, is no, no, an amazing, totally interesting um, conversation. Like, Actually, no, like, so if you've ever watched that A&E show, like Scientology in the Aftermath, I know a lot of people who have been on that show. And there are like so many fucked up stories of people that I know who like won't even appear on those things. It's unfortunate. The person, ah, one of the people I think had the like world's craziest story, an older person died the other week. And it's like, oh, I wish Maria would have recorded her like life story because she was a fascinating person. Bruce? Hey, B-Bands. Nice to hear your voice again. I, I I was just wondering what are the odds of two females, the two only females, I think, in this space, and both of you have been in a cult or grew up in a cult, like and ended up in crypto. Bruce, we all are. Bruce, Bruce, it's, we I all think are. It's a, I think it's a, yeah. I was like, I think it's a legitimate pipeline. Well, I mean, not everybody. Like, okay, so the the cult that I grew up in wasn't like a Christian. Like, it was like they would celebrate Jewish things and mix it with Christian stuff and then say only these people are going to heaven and you had to like, you couldn't eat pork, you couldn't wear makeup. Like it was like a whole bunch of fucking things. If you ate pork, you thought you were going to hell. Like I swear to God, that's how Whoa. bad. Yes. Oh my God. That's how bad it was. Wait, it's, it's the Roman. Witnesses. Guys, it's I the like Roman. The bacon too much. It's the Roman Catholic Church. Like, I'm not going to be funny with you. We're talking <laughs> about science. No, we're talking about Scientology and shit. Hey, man, one second. Yeah. Like, the Roman Catholic Church is no different. If you look at what they did in Ireland, because obviously of Protestant England, right? But obviously right. You know, the Vatican ruled Ireland. They banned pornography, they banned condoms. Uh, I mean, they created that. That is a cult. Like people say it's a religion. The Roman Catholic Church is a fucking cult, regardless of how you look at it. And like everything, you have to pay to get in there. That's always the mad thing. Yep. I'm not gonna, yep, I'm yep. not gonna guys, I'm not gonna lie to you. Listen to this. This is the truth. Right. Buddhism is the obviously the prominent dominant religion here in Thailand, right? But I'll tell you now, when everyone goes to the temple, everybody peers. Every morning they'll give all the food, the monks, everybody peers. Every fucking religion or whatever you look at, there's some entry fee. It isn't free. And therefore, like that's why. I mean, I I I'm dead an open atheist but when i listen to things about like scientology i'm like well i'm glad that i'm just an, like an independent you know absolutely yeah i was gonna say the really the difference between what we consider a cult and a religion really is not in practice it's just the acceptance of said practice and you know as time passes everything kind of transitions from cult, weird, like quirky belief system, evil, whatever people are calling it, into accepted. 
You can also look at the Mormons who are completely out there, yet they're pretty accepted here in the United States as a religion. Jessica, have you made any like mistakes in life? Like I, I know personally that I've made like major fuck ups that have like, you know, oh, God, yeah. Have you, what would be like the biggest fuck up in life if you don't mind me asking? Wait a minute, hold on. You said you asked her like she was Jesus. She's Jessica, not Jesus. No, not like, we've all made mistakes. I'm just oh, saying, we've all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Wait a minute. They're getting on. <laughs> what I meant, what I meant is getting away from Scientology was a big yeah, achievement. Yeah, yeah. Right? Big achievement. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, where, where along the line did you like make your fucking fuck up that you're like, oh, shit. Oh, God, I would have to say that, like, one of my fuck ups was um, when I was in graduate school, I was going and trying to get a Ph.D. And I was just working at that time for the most abusive advisor that was like probably in my university, serial drunk, like abusive of time, everything else. Um, And I'll say that, like, my biggest fuck up in life was not seeing that that career path was leading me absolutely nowhere. you know, and committing like three and a half years to it and eventually just like leaving because I couldn't fucking do it, you know? Um, And like my mental health was so in the toilet, but my biggest fuck up probably was not passing quick judgment on someone that I already knew was a piece of shit. Um, And just like letting him and like his expectations control my life for multiple years when I knew that they weren't realistic. Oh, I mean, on the first point, on the first point, academia is a thankless a huge uh, fuck up. Yeah, academia. I, I work in academia. That's what I do, and I'll tell you what: it's a thankless fucking task. It is thankless. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, Jessica, it's terrible. Is it? Is that what I do? I have to like take solace in the fact that I know that I'm helping people because you get right, very yeah. little like gratitude or. Seriously, it's like really weird to explain. Like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but the second one, uh, people. I mean, wolves in sheep's clothing. I have this thing, Jessica, this barrier in life where everybody I meet the first time I meet them, that a wolf in sheep's clothing until they prove themselves otherwise. And I've lived by that since I was like fourteen, fifteen. You know. Yeah. No, I've been doing the same recently, and it's really kind of paid off. But what I absolutely hate about academia and just like getting back onto that point is like when you are a junior professor or an assistant, whatever they're calling it by the university, you've got so much pressure on you to bring in funding money here in the United States. It doesn't matter like how your research is actually going. Your publications barely matter. What matters is that bottom line. And then that gets passed on to the graduate students. It gets passed on to the undergraduate students who are supposed to be having classes taught by these professors or by the graduates. And it just creates this fucking circle of stress that ensures that it's going to be a horrendous experience. Like where I did my undergrad, they had no research and like no expectations. And it was great. So I thought like maybe graduate school was going to be the same. And holy fuck was i wrong like it was so dumb <laughs> at least i mean at least you have standards uh over here i i, I hate to say this mind in, in in the east uh and especially in certain countries i mean thailand's not as bad as like the corruption in cambodia in regards to that but 
here it is a bit of a joke uh jessica like people can just like peer their way through things yeah. uh high school kids have a no fail policy i think any oh, wow. country, oh yeah yeah i think any country that has a no fail policy is like just barking up the wrong tree so i mean at least you do have some standards darling uh, that was fun i tell you what jessica i've been waiting for this and i see mr soy's just jumped in he was like your little uh wingman the last time shout out soy <laughs> uh but yeah b bands bruce before like uh we start progressing with the convo to some like relevant topics is there anything like you want you've got for jessica or whatever any crack well i don't know if it's a crack but uh i would like to hear what uh religious view or like beliefs stands now oh no i would say that um no, not really any withholding religious belief now. I would say that I do see like the spirituality side of maybe just like meditation, mindfulness practices, etc. But not really any predominant belief that asserts anything happened. Right down my alley, man. You see, yeah. Ricky, you see Ricky Gervais, though, Ricky Gervais has got an excellent take on that, hasn't he? When, like, because he's a self-declared atheist, right? And, like, there's, like, 300 gods across Earth, like, 300 different gods or whatever. And he's like, like, look, like, you, he's, he's like, saying to someone who's arguing with him about his atheist, atheism, and he's like, look, I believe in, like, I, I don't believe, sorry, in one more god than you. Like you don't believe in two hundred and ninety-nine, and I don't believe yeah. in three hundred, and that's the difference. Like, really weird. Jessica, yeah, I get this. Mine's obviously correct, you know. <laughs> Jessica, I get the spiritual thing because Thailand's taught me that, uh, and it is like a really like beautiful thing, actually. That Buddhism is, you know, this philosophy, and it's yeah. it's like a, a guidance, a way of like living. Now. I'm not going to say like our ties follow it like, you know, wholeheartedly because they don't. But the the consensus of the mechanisms of Buddhism, of Buddhism are there. And like it's quite harmonious, I have to say. I know there's been some disparity in Thailand with the, the three uh, southern provinces that are predominantly like Muslim, etc. But generally speaking, religiously, like Thailand is quite like harmonious. And it's it's because most of them like just get on with shit and don't really put it at like the forefront of like everything. They just mind their own business, get on with what they believe, what they do. You, you know what I mean? It is yeah. But it doesn't cause any conflict, kind of thing. I think. Yeah, and I think too that when you have people, if they're just getting on with life, they're just going about their thing. It's like they're loosely into their practice, and that's about it. Well, we, we, I think this is true as well, though. It is a, like a philosophy, Buddhism, where it's like just like kind of like you've got these like steps of ascension, obviously. Yeah. B-Band's got a hand up. Funky, dude, I, I, I did mention this earlier, dude. I, I should have done a reset probably, but it is one of those like close mic interview Friday nights. Uh, we'll bring people up, dude, when we've got time. Uh, I promise you. B-Band's, go on. Hello. So I was thinking about what you said. You're, what are the chances that, you know, one of the two female, both were in cults, you know, kind of like in the same space, hanging out, you know, because, you know, there's not yeah. a lot of females in the space. Yeah. 
And um, I was thinking about it and I was like, maybe because we just joined a different cult. Like the cult of crypto. Religiously, I feel like I've spent way more time with this crypto stuff than I than I ever did. And you know, we're not a cosmic community. We're a community. Get it we're into a community. Yes, I've, I've heard this before. You can't be part of the community <laughs> if you call it a cult. Oh, don't wait talk to minute. me like that, sir. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've muted everybody there. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Seven days ago, Bay Bands, oh, we dropped, Bruce, Bruce, seven days ago, we dropped the first EP. This ain't no cult. They ain't no cult dropping fucking rap tracks, shitting on fucking people from a great height. I mean, the way Wait, are, wait a minute. Them. Don't they have those songs, those Christian people that make songs and they shit on the devil? Come by, <laughs> come by, that's all I know. Kumbaya, my lord. Kumbaya. I think I did hear a Christian rap song the other day, just like randomly. Don't give Finn any ideas because. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious. Don't give Finn. (laughs) Don't give Finn. Do it, do it. Well, I mean, Jessica, we're not going to derail this show, but I will make an announcement and just say, ho. Lee, fuck, Finn. Uh, well, actually, it's like a, a you know, a Brad Pitt and uh, Angelina Jolie, right? It's like Finn Bedo. This is what we call this duet in in the group chats and that now. Finn and Dan Bedo. It's like Finn Bedo, right? And Bedo's put this artwork together. I just looked today and I've stared at it for about five hours over the course of like today. I'm like. How is this kid able to reach this level so quickly? And then if you, I'm the only one that's seen the NFT so far, because I've just put it together today, the music and the art. And the art's not finished. I'm just doing a pre-production, right? Holy fuck. These two dudes, and we're launching, this is the launch on Stargaze. These two dudes are about to, like, set the industry afire, like, in my opinion. Like, the art, when you look at the picture, and if you know what we're talking about, who's getting dissed, what's happening, blah, blah. I mean, on the back of the EP, for this to be, you know, in pre-production so quick, I'm like, I cannot help but be fucking bullish on us. So B-Bands, we're not a cult. We are a culture. Culture is upstream of politics. We're going to get to politics in a minute with Jessica. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, like you guys are sitting here arguing with me, but the, you just said we're a culture and culture starts with C-U-L-T, cult. Okay, I'm had enough. Can't have culture right, let's, move on. let's move on. <laughs> have you seen the artwork, B-Bands? You're in the group. Have you been in the Discord? Oh my gosh, I love it. Yes, I've been in the Discord. I just, I haven't been really able to be super active because I w- I've been real busy. But yes, I saw the I saw the um the la- the last one, right? Yeah. It put, oh my gosh. Yeah, I loved put. it. I love the little the little croc, the little tiny croc. <laughs> <laughs> and he put Bruce's recommendation in, uh, the Joker. And actually there's a real story behind that. Gordon looked at our pinned tweet and scroll down to find Ambedo's bio, and you'll see the Joker in the first sentence. So like that's insanely cool. But also Apocalypse Dow, the Apocalypse Dow sign. And for me, I was just like, holy fuck, this kid's killing it. I, I'm going to say this quickly and we'll get back to Jessica very quickly. 
like Ambedo needs to release his own collection under his own name, whether it's an open minter edition, whether it's whatever, he is gaining a following. And that is really important, like a very organic following. And people will actually just go and buy art, I think, because it's an Ambedo piece. And I've said this to I said, like, dude, have you thought about like doing like a comic book or like something like like under your own name, putting your own stamp on it? We have the greatest ambitions for this kid. Like this kid is far bigger than Rack FM. Same as like what we think about Finn as well, like far bigger than what Rack FM is. And we just want these people to do very well. Right, before we get cracking, B bands, Bruce, uh, any further comments before Jessica starts? really going to town on people or not no i want to hear jessica i want to hear her go to town okay great so jessica i mean cosmos uh where do we start what's happening what's happening in icf what's happening informal are you a big fan of like neutron uh as we are like what we're seeing what are you bullish on what are you fucking bearish on when it comes to oh, an man. overall perspective of the cosmos Okay, so I'm going to like first disclose that I'm only holding a few bags in Cosmos right now. I've got my bag of Atom, Neutron, um, a little bit on Stargaze because I've still got a bunch of couple bad kids, uh, Kujira, Injective, and that's all I'm holding right now. Um, so that kind of like rounds up my bullish. I kind of regret not having a little bit of a cash, but that's, you know. I feel like I've missed that price action train for whatever reason. I will say I'm not really bearish on the app chain thesis as a whole. I think it's great, but I am bearish and becoming like more bearish on applications that don't even really need a token, thinking that they need a blockchain. And we've seen this a lot, like just with the price action of some of these tokens, they go down and down and they're just committing basically suicide via price action because it's costing so much to get these uh, to get the security necessary to spin up their own blockchains. Um, and then they can't focus on the application side, so they have no product. And that's kind of what's been on my mind, like in the last couple of months is like, oh, well, we're seeing the death of these tokens in Cosmos. Some of the parachains and polka dot are having similar like horrendously shit price action because they didn't need this fucking blockchain in the first place um but where i am excited about it is things like dydx that's going to be fucking huge for cosmos um the maker announcement where they were talking about spinning up an svm and i know that triggered a lot of cosmos people after rune said he's like yeah we picked it for the speed and that's it end of like discussion so you know, that's kind of where I stand right now. I am bearish on how much money I lost on Juno because I'm a fucking retard. Oh, don't even go there, please. I think everyone. <laughs> we all laugh at ourselves. Stop. Can I say can I say that I have officially lost more money on Juno than I did on the uh, Luna crash? Yeah, I mean, oh. Juno. Juno's a butt plug. Juno's a butt plug. We all have to wear for eternity. I think, like, if I'm honest with you, would. Also, Jessica, we don't like to be called weak retards. We we like to be called ice cream enthusiasts. Thank you. Okay, perfect. An ice cream enthusiast. Got it. 
That is uh, exactly what I deserve, though. So, you know, I am going to say, like, I'm only buying tokens with hesitancy at this point. I'm so, like, fucking uh, kind of well, like, just scared of it, honestly. What? Jessica, why, why have we got the best, most, like, forward-leaning tech? but fucking hardly any engagement in the real world. I mean, is it just because, like, you know, Ethereum, et cetera, was, like, first? Like, I keep hearing all this, like, oh, we're going to bring over users, we're going to bring over liquidity from Ethereum. Like, as other, right. this narrative is only going to last so long. When will the yeah. fucking theory turn into practicality and action? Oh, I don't know when it's going to turn into action because this is something that's kind of been, like, frustrating to me is that Cosmos isn't harder to build on than any other chain. I mean, Ethereum, if you want to do contracts, you have to learn Solidity. They made up their own fucking language. You know, here you can use Rust, you can use Go, it's great. But where Cosmos really, really sucks, I think, is just the documentation and the developer relations. Um, And really, like, educating people on how to build on the blockchain. So you've only got people building who have already had some experience um, and they really know what they're doing at this point. You know, you're not really attracting new talent to come and create new applications. And why, you know, it's like, to me, it's like, why would they, if um, DevRel is such a disaster, documentation is such a disaster and funding is very difficult to understand from an outside perspective. This is why people keep building on Ethereum is that, you know, it's easy. Your path is clear. And I think that until Cosmos takes that seriously, so instead of having a piss up like Cosmoverse where the same four people who are always dominating the conversations go and get drunk together with underlings, um, if they would put that money forward and put it towards education initiatives in places where you actually have like crazy talented communities, have this shit in Bangalore, have it in San Francisco. Like, go to where your people are at who can move your ecosystem forward. So, so I mean, there's been accusations, hasn't there, that uh, yeah. Atom or Cosmos is nothing, but Atom, that I'm talking is nothing more than a slush fund. I mean, are you, right. are you winning that part of the argument? Are you like, yeah, it's a fucking slush fund for these, like, hierarchies? You know, I don't think that it was created to be. I think that it has become that because of politics within governance of like both Atom and all of these other app chains, because a lot of the important like applications were built by a handful of small people. Or if you really do break through, like you get into that crowd. Um, But one of the biggest issues that I see is like Cosmos token itself. It doesn't even have like Cosmwasm on it. And every time that there has been like discussion on, oh, can we add this to the hub? People are like, well, that defeats the point. No, it it doesn't. It just is another entry point for building. But even Osmosis elected to stay permissioned. And I think this is kind of like, I'm really bearish on that, actually. And I understand people's arguments saying like, hey, you know, we're just worried about security. We would prefer like our users stay safe. We would prefer contracts be audited. I get that, but at the same time, it adds just another level of like 
this is what I have to do to launch on this blockchain. And the more and more barriers that are put up, I think that um, protocols are just going to start looking for other solutions. Because smart protocols know when they don't need a fucking token. They know when they don't have the ability to do security. A team of like five devs is not going to launch a blockchain with great tokenomics, with great like use cases right off the bat, um, and really attract like a validator set that can ensure the success. And if you go to like the shared security model, um, that could be like, a good start, but you still have to go through approval to get into this atom economic zone. And I know a lot of people who are just like absolutely super coders, both with an ETH and Solana, they don't want to touch governance with a 50 foot pole anywhere. Damn, <laughs> <Grand> Bands. <laughs> I love you, woman, by the way. Thank you, Jessica, for coming on tonight. Like, this is why we like. We know the guests that like have a voice and have got fucking something to say. So, woman, thank you very much. Again, I'm Bayban Stalin. Um, I just wanted to see if maybe we could like really quickly, Jessica, if you can kind of say what projects you're involved with, and um, just to like kind of reset, you know, for anybody who just came in or didn't hear what projects you're involved with or what you do, kind of just if you don't mind. Oh yeah, totally, awesome. totally. So. I was previously at Flipside Crypto, which was a data analytics platform. Oh, I am now at uh, Lucky Friday, which Funky, who's here, is one of my coworkers. There, I am a software engineer. It is a infrastructure company that is largely focused on Polkadot, Cosmos, and Ethereum. Um, I'm building up some applications related to validator profitability. So. That's kind of what I'm doing right now. There's also cool initiatives like Teddy Dow, which is an NFT project, 100% for charity on Moonbeam. Uh, check it out. You guys should bid on a Teddy. That'd be sick. Um, so there's a lot going on with Lucky Friday. And then I'm also loosely involved with a project for this Solana Hyperdrive hackathon going on. That is a AMM um, LP rebalancer type thing. So helping people not get uh, absolutely dominated by impermanent loss. And that's what I've got cooking right now. So, Jessica, I hope you don't mind. Uh, I have yeah. to be honest, we've got a very good audience. I always say that our audience, I'd, we'd rather have a like small, intelligent, high IQ audience than like 100%. loads of... 100%. Exactly. We have some speakers up. Uh, we were kicking on for nearly the hour mark. And I thought, uh, I mean, Sefi requested, and I'm like, right, okay, let's go. Funk is your teammate. Uh, Sefi, have you got a question for Jessica, mate? Um, I think I'm mostly going to echo agreement of uh, a lot of what Jessica has said. Like, um, you know, like one of the, before the kind of Terra crash and things, you know, one of my um, criticisms of Terra specifically was, you know, the centralization risk. Um, you know, you can just basically wrench attack the team and next thing you know, like the whole thing crashes. Um, so like there's, the, you know, I, I think one of the issues in DeFi and programming within the DeFi space seems to be that like the systems are not built in such a way where you can deploy the smart contract and the smart contract speaks for itself 
the fact that you have to have like dev teams with ongoing maintenance and all this other stuff represents kind of a centralization risk. And um, yeah, the governance problem, I think she alluded to as well, to the, to the extent that like, I probably the simplest code you can release that doesn't require a lot of follow-up maintenance would be the type of thing that you'd want to produce ultimately. And those things will survive. And, you know, like, I was trying to analyze this situation from the perspective of like what's happening with Thorchain right now. Maybe Jessica, have you been paying attention to that? And like, what's your thoughts on what's about to happen with ThorSwap and them halting the oh, decks and whatever? I, I don't have a very like great thought out thought about that because I only saw this maybe like 30 minutes before this space yeah, began. Same here. Um, yeah, I was like, oh shit. I didn't know that any of that was going down, but now I'm guessing that Thorchain itself is going to have a lot of uh, bad price action, just a lot of bad like thoughts around it. Where my understanding is that Thor Swap, this application, is like a separate team, a separate like part of their ecosystem. So it's going to be interesting to watch. But I'm kind of happy that I'm on the sidelines for this one. <laughs> but you see what I mean, though. Like, you, if you get sufficiently big enough. That's where right. the attention picks up, and then now it's like you you raise the Absolutely. Ire of uh, regulators or whoever else. And I don't know if anything actually happened there, but but this could happen to any um, like it could happen to any team that's this, small enough in docs. So I, I've I've historically been one hundred percent docs teams. The idea is like to me is like if the smart contract's good enough to speak for itself, forget about the audits and all the other elements that are related to that, but like. It, yeah. it's, if the system is good enough to function on its own, it will just simply have to survive on its own. And over time... Isn't, like, isn't, that, isn't that Raccoon Supply, though, Sevi? Isn't that what Raccoon Supply have done? Because we've had immense pressure, or the guys have had, like, to release, like, the code, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the and, and to docs, I mean, they, they can't go on Polygon because they can't docs. They can't go there or there. And they're like, fuck it, we'll do what we're going to do, the way that we're going to do it. And like, Sefi, actually, probably about a year and a half ago, I first heard Sefi speak about this and say, like, he doesn't want, like, teams doxxed. You've been a big proponent of this for a long fucking time, Sefi. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, if you think about it, like, let's say you, you know, you've got some coin and it's got a, let's say, a $100 million or billion-dollar market cap, like, the first most obvious problem is it represents like a safety risk to the actual team members eventually, right? Like at some point it's like, why would I go and like break into someone's house to steal their shit if I can just, you know, like take a couple of people hostage? It just doesn't make sense. Like, so from a pure security perspective, there's a problem, but then there's just also a problem from the, yeah, I mean, just the regulatory and all these other attack vectors that, don't make sense so I, I i don't know that i have like a solution to all of this i'm just saying that uh like it's a risk that all crypto investors should consider no matter what well Sefi, yeah. we, we've got people jumping in here for fun uh let's quickly go to funky uh he's probably gonna say hello to his core worker uh can on funky jump in let's get it going Jam gang. Yeah. Hey, this was an amazing conversation. I just really enjoyed Jessica, your story absolutely blew me away. And I wanted to jump up here earlier, Robo, because uh, everything that you guys were sharing, I know a great deal about. Actually, I was a religious studies major when I went to college. Um, I find religion as a, as a human sort of cultural phenomenon incredibly fascinating. 
even though I'm not religious myself. And I grew up like in the Catholic church, you were talking about Roman Catholic. That's me. Like I grew up in that. So this, the whole conversation was super fascinating, but I'm just going to be quiet and I'll chime in. Um, you know, if you guys have questions, cause I want to hear more from Jessica. So you're yeah. allowed to be loud. It's all good. Yeah. Con- confirmation, confirmation from is a weird experience, <clears throat> especially when you didn't go to like a, uh, a Catholic like junior school and learn like the traditions and then had to go and like study under the nuns for like so many fucking Saturdays and Sundays of my life before I could do like confirmation, learn the whole thing. Very weird. Uh, Red Eye, I can see you've got your hand up, dude, but we do, you know, go by order of uh, attendance. Uh, Bendy, welcome, Mr. Bendy. Where are you, son? Oh, I'm back. I'm back home now. I'm back home. I uh, got home about midnight, so I'm still oh, a bit you, sad. you sound sad. You sound sad. You're like, oh, I'm back home. Gone from um, Turkey. I'm- Turkey in October, well, the fuck in the UK. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's one of those. I just missed the cartel. Dude, wait a minute, though. Can I ask you, it was the weather like a conflict? Like when you got off the plane, were you like, oh, fuck? I, I mean, to be fair, when I got into Turkey, it was like the most ominous storm you've ever seen in your life. Uh, so No, but like I didn't. I, I spent nearly all of my time in the hotel. Um, so. Oh, no. Didn't see a huge amount of turkey, uh, which was a shame. I mean, like I went for on the day before my flight, I went for a little walk around, which was really cool. Amazing to see like such varied architecture and stuff. Like the way that you know, obviously you hear about Turkey being like where East meets meets East meets West, and then you go, oh shit, it really is. Like you're walking down the street and like you think you're in Paris, and then you think you're in the Middle East, and then you think you're in you know Asia, and then you know it's just like it changes in a second. It's amazing. Yeah, Istanbul especially is wild. Well, yeah. I thought Bendy Bendy did very well. I'm just going to publicly say this now. Bendy did some spaces this week uh, with with a crew. And yeah, Bendy, I wasn't talking about the malfunctions on your space. I was talking about the malfunctions on the actual conference. Uh, I saw your reply and I, I was like, oh, I got me wrong. Never mind. However, I thought you're, I think you can conduct things. You're a conductor and you do very well at that. Uh, Bendy, you've jumped up. Uh, uh, Jessica, directly though, I don't have you got any like, questions for your woman or anything. Like, let's get this convo going, man. She's the highlight of the show. Well, I suppose I, I, I was just kind of, I'd been listening a really interesting, you know, really interesting stuff about Jessica's background and how she got into things. And, you know, uh, <clears throat> I think our paths have crossed a couple of times or we always kind of respect their opinions, et cetera. I think there's a few bits where like there were things she was saying, like, for example, we've funded, uh, so, you know, Atom Accelerator style have funded Numia. Uh, so I felt a little bit on the kind of like, Oh, that's sad that there's this kind of unhappiness around some stuff. That's always really tricky. I think one of the, the biggest thing that I was kind of wanting to respond to was that sense of like, <sighs> What what Jessica was describing around, we need to improve our DevRel, we need to improve our diversity of funding, we need to back more, you know, more teams separately, and we need to make it easier for people to get in. Um, a lot of what I've been thinking about recently has been to do with that kind of sense of, if you decide you want to build in the cosmos in general, like, where do you even start? And how do you get a foot in the door? Because there's not a very easy 
onboarding process. There's not a lot. Right. Like, I mean, some of this is an up, is, it, it's sort of the associated downside of decentralization, where it's like things are really fragmented. It's hard to know where to go. But I was just wondering if you had sort of specific thoughts about like, oh, this is, you know, if people genuinely want to tackle this, they should do A, B, or C. I don't have genuine thoughts on like maybe where they should enter, because I think that that's a little bit varied by like what their overall goals are. But what I think is missing the most is maybe a centralized resource on this is where you could, in, like, here are your entry points, here is your funding points. If you're interested in osmosis, here's your pathways. If you're interested in, like, injective, here's your pathways. These people are your resources, uh, et cetera. Because I feel like one of the most difficult things about getting into any new ecosystem is really just, like, chasing those people down and finding. Um, the right connections and who you actually have to be talking to. And it's so often a ping pong. You meet someone, you think that's the right person you get, or you see something, you think it's the right resource, and then you get shoved in another direction. So I just think like more organization around that space, it doesn't even have to be like a new creation could really go a long ways. I think I think that's a good point. I certainly noticed it at the, at the Cosmoverse where people are coming up to you know, me at the uh, pubs booth and, you know, wanting to sort of talk about, oh, can the Atom Accelerator back this? And more often than not, the answer is no. And that's because right, yeah. it's not it's not actually relevant to us. It's not something that's what we would fund. But then you just want to be able to go, you need to speak to this person. They will help you because they, they right. a lot of these people are coming with really good ideas, really good stuff they want to do. But again, like, yeah, unless you're close to the ground on that particular bit, you don't know whether someone else is already doing it, whether they're doing, you know, whether this person's going to change the world or whatever. So that's kind of exactly that road mapping stuff is really hard for, and I think it is it, like it is a big challenge for the ecosystem. And I think if people could just kind of get over themselves a bit, it would be a bit better. Yeah, and I think that it's challenging for a grants program too. Like I have no unhappiness with AA DAO regarding like the whole Numia situation. I just have unhappiness with like a couple things that I think happened in the background, not related to them getting funded, but related to the whole creation of that. I think that there was a little bit of dishonesty like with us as Pat Flipside. And I don't mind competitors, like I encourage competitors, but it felt a little bit spiteful. There was, you know, it's like that was, and every time we tried to like talk to them directly, we tried to find out like who their team was they ghosted us or like they would ignore us. So, you know, that didn't make a great mark on me. But what I think is good for a grants program and like, <laughs> I know that when grants programs say like, hey, here's an open call for submissions, submit it. Um, like that really means you're not getting this, but we want to hear ideas anyways. And I've kind of experienced that, whether it's like within Cosmos, it's um, like even Gitcoin grants does that, you know, I, I get that, but having a big list of like, here's the call for proposals, just like stick it up on your Cosmoverse booth. It's like, here's what we're funding. Here's what we're interested in. And here's like to the tune of what we could fund it to would probably like help all of those conversations. And I know that there is a website, but so many people are just too lazy, you know? Yeah. No, totally. I'm, I mean, just to I'm just so to, Twitter native. Does speak quickly to that that point around open grants. Like we've made 
So we only did one RFP this year, uh, which was around tokenomics, because in terms of like trying to get that process right, we wanted just to yeah. be, make it a very narrow thing. And then we've done twenty. We've made twenty-seven open grants. Uh, oh wow! Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, it, we've really tried to be like that. It's been that balance, and the reason for that, I think, particularly was a conscious decision in that we were aware there's a lot of pent up. Um, creativity and desire to build now some of those teams are probably teams that historically already kind of had some access to funding but i would say the majority were teams that would you know they wouldn't have ever previously had say icf funding or something like that again i think one of the really interesting things you were talking about earlier is how governance is a real barrier and i would encourage all chains to set up something similar to what the hub has set up with us as a grant fund you know they'll have each team will have their own needs but Developers don't want to go through governance proposals to get funding, but you can you can have something structured in a way where governance gives you know a DAO the ability to make those grants and support builders. So I, it's hard because I'm going to say obviously I'm going to say we've done a really good job, but I would love to see people copying our model and doing it better, so that then like you know. This this can kind of spread around and people can iterate and things can improve because I do think it's been helpful. Right, and not to quote, this is not anything with AA DAO, so not you, but another team within the cosmos is, well, that's not a governance thing. That's a foundation thing, is what we got told by the community, and then the foundation goes, oh, that's not a foundation thing. That's a governance thing. So I think really drawing the line of like what's a governance thing what um, needs to be approved by grants or by a foundation if one exists versus governance is also really powerful to just help transparency within the ecosystem and of course that needs to be like clarified chain by chain you really need to get the community on board but that can be kind of tricky when you're trying to build you know you need like x amount of funds and you just don't know how to get it because you're being ping-ponged. Yeah, I mean, that that that's not a problem we've had so much in terms of uh, there is no hub foundation. I mean, there right. is the ICF, yes. but the ICF have really tried to distance themselves from the hub over the last... I was, was going to say the ICF is just kind of over there to me, not really doing much, just somewhere out in space. And I know that they do do a lot, but I don't associate them with the hub at this point. No, and and they've kind of consciously not. So then that, you know, it puts the hub in an awkward spot. Again, I think this is where it may have been Robbo saying it earlier about the hub, uh, Atom being a slush fund. And I think there's a funny thing where it's like, there's not a lot of funds, like in in reality, you know, compared to the size of the market cap, the size of what's actually available for spending because of the way that the distribution has gone to the ICF, who are painfully absent, AIB, who are painfully absent. There is no one. Re- there is no sizable uh, amount of funding for developers, and in some ways, that's really good because it means that you don't have this kind of, oh well, we can just throw money around wherever. It's still exactly you, yeah. Yeah, ha- and and kind of trying to stay a bit leaner and negotiate and do whatever else you can do is is definitely pretty much positive. But I think for some of the other chains, and certainly during the height of the bull market. They had quite large sort of, you know, comparatively to their market cap, quite large sort of war chests. And I don't think anyone's really used them well, uh, although I would would want to credit Juno with some of the um, 
some of the funding they they gave during the terror crash um people like leap wallet etc who you know are tremendous yeah i definitely agree there the um i'm glad you said leap and not loop i'm glad he said leap and not loop <laughs> sorry oh no that is the that's the one compliment i'll pay to juno is that their response to terra was absolutely fantastic because you didn't want all of those teams just to get like shaken out of the eco well, are really shaken out Jessica, of crypto. Jessica, we could talk about the golden handshake payment that Kevin, specific from Only Validator, specifically engineered to Todd, who would yes. move, who would basically, with Aqua, had set a Juno, fuck you, we're going to move over to Terra. He moved over to Terra. If you look at the transactions, it's all history, it's all there, it's all on the chain. He yeah. made money. He dejoned people's funds. He made money. He extracted it. He left four days before the crash. Todd and Aqua. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, uh, the Dow Dow guy. He exited the lunar ecosystem four days before the crash. And then Kevin, and I'm telling you, it was fucking Kevin, right? No matter what people say, we all know who was the advocate for that fucking grant. Todd got a 20 grand golden handshake to come back to juno and then what did he do fucking rug people again i mean it's 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 that's embarrassing by the way right he's been very patient very patient and i'm eating some spicy holy fuck this is really blow me mouth apart this shit uh red eye you've been sitting there bro go ahead go ahead i appreciate it man this has been a great uh great talk great listening to uh, Jessica's story and getting to hear some of the commentary around uh, some of the topics. I just wanted to mention two primary things. One was, um, what one was related to uh, DevRel. I, I forget who it was. Maybe it was Jessica that had mentioned this, but like DevRel is definitely incredibly important. The more complex your stack is. And uh, from my perspective, for anyone who doesn't um, recognize me or uh, know the teams I work with, I, Work for Shade Protocol, which is a set of DApps built on Secret Network, and so for us, using Secret smart contracts with encrypted inputs and outputs in state, like DevRel, is super, super important because you know if building in the Cosmos is already harder than building in Ethereum, we're like taking that next step up, right? So it's something that we see like on a day-to-day basis. So I just wanted to kind of affirm that uh, thought process. But the other thing, kind of related to that, is I also really really agree with what Sefi was talking about in regards to teams primarily staying anon or maybe you call them anon curious uh some teams might not see this as important as others but for some like privacy projects um it's incredibly important and i'm not going to go down the huge rabbit hole of like um you know what sort of threats this represents to your individual sovereignty as a human and, you know, based on your jurisdiction, what sort of things that you're going to be subject to. But like just looking at the amount of D apps that have either completely shut down or development was just halted in its place because of fear of persecution from local jurisdictions, both in like my local ecosystem and secret network also throughout cosmos and ETH, And, you know, so staying as a non as possible is both, good from like a safety perspective where you know you're not being targeted by social engineering or you know 
let's say someone trying to actually physically steal stuff from your property, uh, but also, you know, protects you from uh, a persecution standpoint, at least to a certain degree. Governments are smart. And if they really want you, they'll come get you. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a weird. Well, dude, governments, I mean, let's go there. By the way, I'm trying to eat here while I'm listening to this. And holy fuck, your woman's put some spice in this tonight. I mean, she's trying to kill me. Uh, Right. Thor chain. I mean, Thor chain itself, obviously, like, runes down a little bit as well as uh, Thor, uh, Thor swap. Uh, Jessica, so I did tweet this earlier in advance of the space. Uh, I mean, you've obviously looked at it. What do you make of this uh, entire thing? I mean, obviously, North Korea, Mexican cartels, like I tweeted earlier, they have needed somewhere to trade since FTX went down. Uh, you must have looked into it, Jessica. Any opinions on today's events? I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't really look into it much more than your tweet. But it's it's hard for me to like justify cutting down an application just because you suspect someone like North Korea is trading on it. North Korea is trading on Uniswap and other big platforms too, but look how many fucks that they give. But this is where I think like a part of the discussion that comes into uh, Cosmos a lot is important is it's really good for these applications to be open sourced, at least on the front end. So if someone wanted to just like fork or swap and give it new life, that would be very, very easy. Because I feel like that's critical infrastructure for something like Thorchain and like it shutting down is going to have huge impact on their ecosystem, like on their community. Um, And it's really like not a good event. Like I hate to see it happen, to be honest. And I do still think that when you talk things like cartels, a primary amount of the like money laundering that they're doing is still in physical cash. Like, right, Jessica. I don't know. I don't Jessica. know. Like, at what point, if you're a cartel leader, do you say like, "Oh, I'm moving from cash to a privacy coin. I'm moving from a privacy coin to fortune." Like, what? What? <laughs> so, Jessica, what they've done is that they have taken like action ahead of time. Uh, if you if you look at it like logically, they've been uh, proactive as opposed to a reactive in this situation right so like obviously they must be expecting trouble like or will have been expecting trouble now i believe if i'm right in thinking there's a high percentage of the actual core uh like nodes thought chain nodes which thought chain guys you need to understand how it works it's not your standard like proof of stake, cosmos, blah, blah, whatever, right? That's why the integration has been very incremental, right? It's a thought chain is a separate entity to what you regard as a blockchain. So, like Jessica, what's the story? They've taken action ahead of time. They've been like preemptive, uh, not a great look at all, given Thor's history, given the fucking two fucking major hacks and chain holds, like. So where do we go from now? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, for me, this is a terrible look, too. It just kind of seems like the team is maybe scared of being retaliated against legally or, you know, this is just an excuse to fucking rug, which is always a possibility. 
But I think that where you go from there is just a fork with an anonymous team worried. or an anonymous dev. Aren't they worried about the Node? Isn't the whole concern about the Node operators, all right? Like they're worried about them going after the Node operators. That's a whole like that's that's unprecedented. I've never heard of that happening before, and maybe someone else has. But you know that I I just don't think that you can be worried about that. I think that people who are operating the Node themselves, if that is a legal risk to them then have that ability to shut down their node. And if someone's willing to um, provide security and take on that risk, then they can do so. That whole layer is pretty permissionless. So, you know, I don't really see an application thing like, oh, it's about the node providers. Um, and that's why we're shutting down. Like, that's not legitimate. Yeah, I was about to say, as long as it's permissionless to spin up a node and, and participate in consensus, then. It, it's less of an attack vector than what most people are probably Yeah, but, but let, let's get this straight. Uh, a Thor node, at the, I, I remember like the last count was about like nearly 900 grand or something. It's probably more now, but like it's not cheap to run a Thor node. Let's say that, a Thor chain node. You know, like about million dollars. another piece of this is like at what point um, is the developer at legal risk like if you look at uh, BitTorrent BitTorrent's been out for a couple of decades or more now and uh, it still runs uh, there's still like I think the last versions of the last couple of years were still coming out um, you can do really bad things um, uh, with BitTorrent like you know pirating things which I guess is somewhat bad but like you, know, you could probably have like other illicit things like um, illegal pornography things of this type um, so like there's, there's things you could do on it that were, are illegal that could get a person in trouble. But at the same time, I'm not aware of like BitTorrent developers, you know, like ha anyone having gone after them. So I think the question is like, um, where, where does the beginning and end of this come in? And I think, you know, part of it might be like what kind of liquidity you're supplying or what exactly are you facilitating? Like, so if a so bad actor comes and uses your platform, um, what responsibility do you have, especially if it's a decentralized network, um, to police that? Um, I think in, this, in the setting of uh, what's it called, Tornado Cash, like technically speaking, um, while Ethereum is decentralized, I don't think necessarily the Tornado Cash platform was decentralized. Um, maybe Jessica like speak to that a little bit as far as like the decentralization of the underlying chain versus the decentralization or centralization of the apps themselves. Yeah, you know, I kind of followed the Tornado Cash thing when it happened last year a little bit, and that was pretty unfortunate. The application there, the Tornado Cash, was pretty centralized. I don't remember there ever being governance for Tornado Cash. Maybe someone who's more of an ETH head would tell me otherwise. But, you know, I think that they just took kind of the big hammer and, like, got in trouble, not only because of that centralization, but because of how much liquidity was thrown through their platform. So my thought was, like, well, Tornado Cash got in trouble because it was popular. 
there are applications similar to it built on other blockchains that get no attention and that are also centralized just because they're not being used at this current moment and they're not of interest. And if I remember correctly, too, the Tornado Cash devs happened to be Russian and they got in trouble entering the U.S. So I think that there might have been other political factors involved that um, went above and beyond their application. Yeah, because I think like this, these, and we kind of derailed this conversation into this like third chain security thing. But like, I think the issue in my mind is on the one hand, like when we talk about Cosmos at large, like, you know, what can you do to promote development and business development and this, that, the other thing, these are all sort of like great ideas, but they're, they're mostly great ideas that require substantial centralization to achieve, whether it's running front ends, whether it's running like I don't know, you know, tutorial websites, whatever the hell it is. And there tends not to be very much discussion as far as how to decentralize much of that um, until like something, you know, quote unquote bad happens. And then it's like, oh, we didn't know that could happen. Well, sure you did. Like, you know, that's like Bitcoin white paper 101. Stuff. It's always, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it was like, it's always kind of a risk. But I really hate to like, conflate centralization with individual efforts when I talk about like what can be done with uh, business relations and like everything else within the cosmos. There's that one person on GitHub who's got like Cosmwasm one-on-one, like his repo. I don't consider that centralized. I just consider it like his contribution and it's a really good contribution. That's the sort of stuff that I want to see more of, you know, and that I want to see out there. so maybe that's kind of my take is like, we've got really smart people in this ecosystem that aren't as engaged. Maybe they could contribute a little more. I'm not encouraging like great centralization. I do not want like a Cosmos foundation that oversees this. Like I don't want any more level of centralization in the Cosmos just because I think that it is a fantastic experiment in decentralization. And we'll see over a long time, like if it works out, because it is way more decentralized than, say, Ethereum or Polkadot is right now. Um, or, well, I guess I should shit on Solana, too. I love Solana. I love their foundation, but I don't want more. Um, governance governance you know, by so, proxy, though. Governance by proxy is a major fucking issue over here. It is, yeah. Let's be very honest. Guy, I'm a watcher. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm muting myself. Oh, no, you're okay, darling. I just want to say, uh, I want to reset the room. We've got a few new, like, new people in. Uh, we respect everybody that's been listening for ages. Guys, yeah, this is Rack FM. And, like, we we labeled this origin story, but, like, it's just been such a good fucking show. Simple fact of life, like, clever fucking people in their wheelhouse talking about shit they know about. Jessica, I just want to say from me and the whole team, uh, thank you very, very much, mind, for coming on tonight, darling. We really do appreciate it, yeah? Yeah, it's been lovely. I've got about, like, 20 more minutes to shoot the shit, and then I'm going to have to start prepping for a real work meeting. No worries. I know you're a busy lady, and we do. Guys, you know something? This has been scheduled for, like, how fucking long now, I think, Jessica? About uh, seven, oh, seven weeks. Yeah, it's been like six, seven weeks. Yeah, there was always something going on on Friday, like had another meeting, had another space once, was traveling for two of them. Like, 
just been such a like once we get into August and we get into conference season, my life's a disaster through about the middle of November. And that's just kind of how it is. That uh, that show you did with uh, Soy was absolutely dynamite. Like, and that's one of me. Like, I really enjoyed that. Like, he's like, well, I've never met you before. And then the two years bounced off each other. Uh, right, Red Eye, you had your hand up, bro. Go ahead, Red Eye. And then focus. Yeah, I was just thinking about just talking about Thorchain and uh, and Tornado Cash development and just like moving towards a more decentralized version of that. It, it just made me think about there was a a recent post on uh, Secret Network forums where Secret Labs is looking to uh, switch to a new design for consensus seed sealing, uh, which is going to be like a really interesting way to shift to a more decentralized way of like switching consensus seeds within enclaves um so like from a privacy perspective seeing seeing this movement is like really encouraging for anyone out there who's like believes that data privacy is a human right and uh making it easier for developers to access and build uh on these tech stacks so it just made me uh drew a lot of parallels between what um tornado obviously there are different ones l1 one is a actual application but drew a lot of uh, comparisons between the two scenarios so i'm interested to see how this uh how this pushes forward there's been some really interesting pushback from a variety of different governments and and centralized exchanges um towards secret network but thus far they've been uh been very resilient in being able to plead their case that uh you know privacy is not necessarily or it should not be viewed as a, you know, a criminal enterprise or a criminal tool. Um, but I'll, I'll stop with my, uh, my rant. We, we, we should have privacy by default, right? In our life, in our existence, shouldn't we have privacy by default, Jessica? Yeah. Definitely agree there. Yeah. I mean, I guess I forgot that I am still holding a bag of secrets. It's just like there, I'm not doing much with it, but I'm definitely going to also check out the discussion on the secret forums. I don't follow that forum particularly closely, and I don't think I can contribute, but I want to hear what people are saying. So thanks for uh, bringing that up. Yeah, not a problem. Asaf is a, a gigabrain, and uh, it seems like he's very well regarded amongst the Cosmos community. Definitely worth a read. Funky, you got the mic, bro. I just want to say to your point, Robo, about having, you know, gigabrain people in here, that it was you, sir, that was directly responsible for me reaching out to Jessica because it was actually, I think back, was it April, Jessica? I think that yeah. was, yeah, it was, I think it was like right around the start of April. Yeah. And I was at the gym and I was like listening to the space and having Jessica tell her stories, like the crazy stories about like dick pics that she gets and DMs and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I really want to talk to this girl, but how am I going to reach out to her? She's going to think I'm sending her like a dick pic. Right. And so like, I, I luckily got through to her and her DMs and I was like, Hey, I just heard your story. And really what drew me to Jessica was like what she was talking about, the kind of work environment she wanted to be in. And it sounded much like where, where we are right now, Lucky Friday. So Robo, you and Rack FM are a huge part of why we have such an amazing person like Jessica working on our team. And she was a little misleading earlier when she said she's the senior software developer, I think, or maybe she said senior software engineer. Technically, her title is senior software ninja, which is way fucking cool. That is cool. correct. So just wanted to also 
put a little extra respect oh. on Jessica as a senior software ninja at Lucky Friday. Well, I, I will, I will reiterate that and say, like, you know, there's always this talk, isn't there, about oh, there's a lack of like women in Web three and blah blah. No, like, stop that bullshit. Just go out there, find the diamonds, bring them in, highlight, showcase. I'll tell you now, Jessica. Uh, we've had like a few superstar women, Web three women on mind. Sebastian, uh, Vanessa, Vanessa Harris, and, and yourself, and a couple of others. And I'm just gonna say, like, it's like this is what Rock FM is all about. Like Funky's like he's like he's like oh you know blah blah blah. And I'm like oh man, they, like Rock FM is just by the people for the people, and we're gonna continue this vibe regardless. Yes, Jessica. As you should. And I'm going to say that if you want to send a dick pic to anybody, mint it as an NFT and send it on Cardano. That blockchain's for shit, so use it for shit. (laughs) Bruce B. Pants take over. I don't know what to say about that, man. Snappy comment. You could also mint it as an NFT on Secret Network, and that way uh, only you can see the dick pic inside the NFT. Makes oh, it more crafty. Very, very crafty. I can't do this anymore. His show's killing me. <laughs> Holy fuck. Uh, soy, I mean, here we, here we go. Oh, sorry. Oh, tank. Tank then, soy. Whoa, sorry, sorry, guys. I didn't want to start a fight. Good oh, morning, no, no, no. Go on. I don't have much. I just, I'm just enjoying the conversation. I don't got much to add today. I, I was. Oh, I could say, how can you mention women in women in Web three and not talk about B bands? Well, we haven't got a circle yet. A friendship. <laughs> really Wait a minute. So right, okay, here we go. Here we go. Right, I've been waiting for this, Jessica. You haven't got long. Right, circle. Uh, circle jerk, or I mean, are we legit? I mean, you don't seem to be a fan, right, darling? Fuck, I can't hear you, Jessica. She's speaking. I broke. didn't hear anything either. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, Twitter's, oh, Twitter's rugged. I mean, I, I don't know what's the crap with the noble stuff. Uh, I mean, sorry, obviously, has to be very careful. Uh, they, I think, it's going to reconnect. I can try giving a bit of background. Go on, Bendy. So I know that obviously, like, it's taken basically a year to get Noble uh, into Cosmos. And some of that essentially ended up being that the Noble team had to do engineering work to help. Like, well, there was some work between Noble and Coinbase that needed to be done, Um, not specifically around Cosmos, but that all needed to be resolved before Noble. before Circle would roll anything out. And then I'm going to fail to get the acronyms correct, but basically Noble did the engineering for the, it's not CCT, but whatever the four-letter acronym for Noble's kind of swap mechanism, that ended up having to be built out, you know, with help from the Noble team. So essentially one of the reasons that it's been so long and why then other stuff's happening elsewhere, almost like without another team, is because Noble did a lot of heavy lifting for them. So, Bendy, can you confirm something? Uh, Chango, in this uh, video, she alleged uh, an amount like per hour. 
can you confirm these builders, these companies, you know, Strange Love, include whoever, right? We're not, we're not going to like pick out one of them. There are many. Like, do they, is everything billable hours? Is that how like the industry works? And welcome back, Jessica, by the way. We'll quickly get this over and we'll bring you back in. But so, Bendy, is everything about billable hours? Um, It's not the way that we do the funding. We, I mean, we use it for kind of like frame of reference. The problem is, is that like, you know, if you employ a load of people in the United States at the top level, those like those hours or weeks or months, those hours are hugely expensive. Um, now we don't do funding on an hourly rate. We basically kind of say a team will go, we think this will take us two months. Therefore it's going to cost X, right? Rather, but if it takes them three months, we, they still get the same amount of money. Um, and that makes sense, right? You don't want to pay them for the, for being slow. Um, but I can imagine that, you know, if you're doing co contracting work, a bit like if you were a lawyer or something like that, you have an hourly rate that you contract at. Um, that, will, that rate will vary hugely around the globe. And this is one of the challenges in crypto because you have a current, uh, you know, you have a token that's the same wherever you are in the world. But you're actual like, you know, if I had my salary living where you are, I suspect I would live like a king. Where, in fact, I live, you know, a fairly kind of normal level life. So that's kind of very hard, I think. And I think it is sometimes where people get pissed off about how much people earn. But what can you do? I did. I did try to explain this to uh, Tank, I believe, like the other week about like $500 a month here, like $500 like a month in the West. Like you can't even like say compare. Like it's it's irresponsible to even like have a comparison given like accommodation and transportation costs, which are generally two of your like biggest overheads in like life, right? Uh, getting to and from like work and being able to put a roof over your head in between, etc. Anyway, yeah, but... go on, go on, Bendy. No, all I was going to say is like when I lived in London, which was a long time ago now, I was spending over um, twelve hundred pounds a month. Uh, getting to work. So, just like, to reference, just to give you a reference, I don't know what you're paying for accommodation when Dickie moved over here to teach English, and I helped him like integrate into society, etc. Here and get him a condo, uh, dude. It was two hundred and twenty pounds, right? English pounds a month on the main transport line, like in Bangkok, like it was 15 minutes away on the main like monorail from the heart of like Bangkok. Like, dude, you can't even compare. This would have been like two, two and a half grand in London. It would have been 10x the cost. It's, it's scandalous. Bro, right, we've got uh, Jessica back. I mean, soy's here, tanks here. This is a great room. Jessica hasn't got long. Uh, darling, your internet must be a bit shit. Is it down there? Yeah, my internet's a bit shit today. We've just got some weather that's moved through, and that just, like, destroys my internet for whatever reason. You're in the south, aren't you? Are you in the south, right? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I live in Indiana, technically, but I live right on that uh, border with Kentucky. Oh, we love Kentucky. That's where Chris comes from. I love Kentucky fried chicken anywhere to start with, like, but... Uh... Yes, he does. Because on several occasions, he's been like on the show having some KFC. I'm just saying. Amazing. Well, 
There's two stories behind. There's two stories behind that. One story is I actually met the guy uh, in Bangkok uh, about 2012 or something. You met no, the no, no, Nick. Listen, listen. I've got a photo. Wait, what? I've got a photo. I met Colonel Sanders in like the 80s. I've got a photo. I met Colonel Sanders in Bangkok in 2012, right? But uh, so there's allegedly this like tale that it's like. His, his design, you know, the image, the like the art thing you see in the restaurants, uh, Karl Marx. Now, I mean, when you put them side by side, you ask yourself questions, but their nuggets kill it. So, like, put your politics aside. Let me have my nuggets and fuck off out my life. Anyway, Jessica, I'm telling you, darling, it's been um, a I have one real quick there. request. Can you just put yeah, the yeah. picture up for, for all of us to see? I'm sure Jessica yeah, would love to see the say... Colonel. Because um, I think you might have, well, let's find out what happened. Let's see this photo. Oh, yeah, Robo. I was like, I'm going to see your photo, Robo. Robo's always got receipts. That's a guarantee. But listen, we've got important people here. I mean, Jessica, you died earlier. Right. Noble. I died. Noble. Right. Right. Je- that's all I'm saying. Noble. That's a question. Noble. Hashtag yep. noble. Hashtag noble. Uh, bearish on the fact that they think that there needs to be a noble token. Absolutely bearish on that. Like, the other thing, too, I think that kind of got me was that it took a whole year for us to set up and get this native USDC. It comes literally two days before we see an announcement that native USDC is on Polkadot. And I thought that that was really weird because Circle handled that as well. Of course they did. It's Circle. And it's USDC, so, but I was like, the timing of this is so weird. I feel like Circle kind of delayed for clout, and then they only minted, like, the first day, something like 1.8 million. That's not, one, we've probably incurred more cost, and I don't know, like, the full cost, so maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like we've incurred a lot of cost for very little, like, USDC, and that's not going to, like, significantly move the needle on DeFi unless more flows into the ecosystem. And it's also taken like a year. Um, and maybe it just mocks some frustration that I have with Cosmos DeFi in general, because there was a point in time where Osmosis had like $1.7 billion worth of like lockup on their platform or whatever. And now we're sitting at 6% of that. So, you know, you've just seen this liquidity pour out and out of the ecosystem. Some of this was lost due to impermanent loss and like tokens just going to zero. But, you know, I was hoping that when we got USDC, it would at least try to like move that needle of DeFi. But I don't feel like it was significant. You know, I don't feel like it had any more um, impact than like Axler wrapped die. And we've had that forever. So that's just kind of like what I'm feeling right now is like a, was way too much effort for something I don't see having an immediate impact. And I'm not sure it'll have a big impact in the future if there's nothing um, exciting to trade. Because you need both. Like, you need fun things, like, to actually do. You need tokens that people want to hold. And then you need that USDC pairing. But, you know, thinking towards the future, if it can help with one thing and something that Circle has done very well on, is if this helps us enable more bridges and more like solutions for people to on and off board liquidity onto other blockchains, like then I'm for that. 
you know, I want to see Cosmos connected to the entire crypto world, not just to limited chains. I think, is, uh, is Robbo being rugged there? I, I can't hear Sorry, him. can you hear me? I'm getting rugged to death. There's only me in the room. I've had an ex- It wasn't my... Oh, man, then it wasn't just my internet. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> getting rugged to fucking death. Anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to... Well, first of all, say hello. Hey, Jessica. Um, hey, how's it going? And, um, hey, man. Um, and yeah, just, uh, I mean, just sort of want to clarify a couple of points on, on the whole USDC talk there, because like I, I wasn't even aware that Noble was going to have a token. Is, is that a thing? That's what I've heard. Uh, it's the first I've heard of it. I mean, I know they had this sort of like, it was a bit of a meme token because they were sort of giving away the, the friendship bracelets and stuff like that, but um, I I'm not aware the friendship, of it. Totally bearish on the friendship bracelets, but like oh, the yeah, fact that they might have a token has been going around airdrop hunting circles. Right. Um, I'm, I'm in those circles. Maybe, maybe I'm missing out on some airdrops. I, I think uh, they do, they, like, as far as I'm aware, they have sort of almost categorically said they can't like for all sorts of regulatory reasons and to make these partnerships they they there is no plan for a token in the immediate future so yeah that, that's I, my I understanding hope, as well i hope that that's true I, I think it is i think it is and then basically like just to sort of clarify some of uh some of what you're saying there so so basically what happened recently was us uh, circle basically launched native usdc as we, as we call this tank hates this word native but we'll call it native um and so uh <laughs> that's the thumb down the thumbs down for the narrative not for the story right tank and so um so yeah, basically yeah. like this is like the sort of quote-unquote native version of usdc like usdc was in the cosmos ecosystem for a long time via right AXL, but it had been, USDC, yeah, right it had been wrapped yeah yeah and so now we have this sort of quote-unquote native usdc i wish tank wasn't here i could just say native and then um and, <laughs> Go for and, it, <laughs> and so um and so what basically happens is like you can go you can go to circle and mint like a, basically an infinite amount of usdc if you wish to do so but it's basically at an institutional level and so what needs to happen is this sort of like institutional in, this institutional investment basically needs to happen or this institutional level minting needs to happen and then the sort of the liquidity of this native token can flow into the ecosystem so now i believe what you have in in osmosis is you have like basically sort of a like a one to one guaranteed swap for AXL to Noble USDC that people do to um, this this sort of what will be the canonical or native version, uh, and so that's basically where we're at with it. Uh, it's it's a little bit confusing from a user standpoint because like I mean, I guess from my perspective, I, I was just sort of assuming that. You know, once Circle arrives, then like you know, the floodgates open. We just blank convert all the the AXL USDC to Noble USDC, um, and it seems that's not exactly what's happened at the moment. No. Um, but maybe 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 we'll get to that point, and and I think that will be you know a good thing. It it, it sort of removes a lot of the bridge risk from the from the ecosystem on on what is the de facto stablecoin for for Cosmos these days. Um, and so it, for me, it's, it's undoubtedly a positive thing. Um, it's just a little bit sort of confusing in terms of the mechanics, how it's all working for me from, from my perspective. I do, I do like wonder though, 
if having this native USDC will flow, like, I don't think it's enough for the institutional money. Just looking at what happened in Solana is that, you know, Circle's been there and native USDC has been there for probably over two years now. It feels like they're just a pillar of that ecosystem, yet you don't see that institutional money really flowing in because there's no, like, really product that's worth that institutional money. And that's like the kicker to me. So I think that that's going to be the benchmark in the future is like, does someone build something interesting enough to get those floodgates open? But, you know, it's definitely not just going to happen. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I guess like, what I would say we're just kind of like, we're just kind of waiting, you know, it's like, how long are we going to be waiting? And then how long, like, can Circle rug this at any point? I think that the answer is yes, but I don't know if they ever will. Um, yeah, well, I mean, basically, like, if you look at the code and all this kind of stuff, they can sort of mint an infinite amount if they want to do so, And but that's all sort of part of the system, right? Um, right but yep. the, the, the way I see it, again, with this, this whole sort of canonical native version is that it's just like one of the steps on the road to where we need to be, you know? Like you talk about this this sort of killer app or whatever, like will it come and build an ecosystem? Maybe, maybe not. Is it more likely to do so now that we have like the security of a non-bridged USDC token? Yes, 100%. And so for me, it, it's just, as I say, you know, not a magic bullet, but a step in the right direction. So yeah, that's fair. Red Eyes so, had his hand up for a while. I know, I know, but you all thought, you all thought I was like proper mugging you off, talking shit with like the Colonel fucking Sanders fucking story. And like, if it's not in the nest right now, you have made me like, I, I missed off at Jessica's speech because like while I was on Google Photos, it kept dipping in and out. Like, there you go. There you go. No, I think not, the photo is more important. I met your man. I met your man in Bangkok in 2012 at a bus stop. Look at him. Tell me that's not Colonel Sanders. Tell me. You can't. You fucking know it is. Robot's got receipts like <laughs> anyone else, man. If I ever comment. Oh, man, you deleted it way too fast, dude. No, I didn't. I didn't delete it. There's nothing oh, wait, to delete. No, it's in the nest. Nope, it's there. Nope. There it is. Isn't that him? Isn't that him? Honestly, this fella, I met him like years ago. He, he, he dresses like the colonel and walks around like pretending he's him. He's like some eccentric fucking phalang. Like, oh my God. Anyway, uh, Red Eye. He should, be like the, real. he should be like the Santa of Fred Chicken. Is, is, isn't he mad? I, you know something? I looked at him and I'm like, if I had kids, I'd let you babysit. Uh, anyway, I make me chicken, by the way. Uh, Red Eye, go ahead, son. Yeah, I was just curious. Um what Jessica or anyone else's thoughts in the any of the speakers thoughts are on just like the uh, decentralized versus centralized stable coins like this the conversation about USDC and USDT entering the cosmos is it's interesting and it sounds really nice but um, using the you know Solana as an example and what I estimate is going to be seen in the cosmos is like the adoption of these centralized stable coins is going to be much slower than you see on uh in some of the bigger ecosystems and so are you shilling silk again are you shilling silk? is that what you're doing no 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 i don't know i'm not i wasn't even planning on bringing <laughs> silk into this i was really just thinking like is the cosmos ready for this adoption of stable coins that it thinks it is like uh part of me wants to say 
no. Like the realist in me says no. The optimist in me says yes. There's a lot of really cool stuff coming out. Um, but like, yeah. The I mean the 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 degen in me says like I don't really care about USDC or USDT at all, and that the real stable coin for me is uh, wrapped or uh, wrapped Bitcoin or just Bitcoin in general. And if I can get back into that, that that's what I'm personally looking to pull into. Um, but you know, I think that like thinking back to Terra and thinking back to UST. This is an ecosystem still scarred by stable coins. And if there's like a fuck up in any way, shape or form, whether it's with like some of the Axelar wrapped assets or it's now with native USDC, that that's like, that's could be a killer. Like it could be very, very bad if anything goes south. And there is always some inherent risk when you're dealing with a company like Circle. You're dealing with like, how do you actually back and tie a stable coin, whether it's with physical assets or some other mean, to the value of US dollar? Like that's always, that's always risky. And it's like a big risk vector for any ecosystem, in my opinion, that's like heavily dependent on it. Yeah. So I, I think the, the obvious case in point here is, is DYDX, right? Um, for anyone who's not familiar with DYDX, you know, basically you you can only use USDC. Previously, they were on, or they're currently on Ethereum. And uh, I think Bendy will clarify this for me there. V4 um, is, is kind of coming out and it's going to be built on Cosmos SDK. And I think the, the, the truth of the matter is that if native USDC wasn't available in, in the Cosmos, like DYDX wouldn't even be here. Um, so, yeah, correct. Yeah, I know that they have came out and said like via conversations I've had with them that they're not launching V4 until the native USDC is available. But now that the native USDC is available, I've heard nothing about the V4 release, which I'm not saying that is a bearish statement. I'm just now like one world removed from them because I interacted with them at my previous job. Um, now I'm just kind of like win application. But another thing I do know about DYDX is that they don't plan to deprecate their V3 right away. And they plan to give this ETH liquidity several months to uh, move over to the V4 and move over to the like Cosmos SDK version of DYDX. So it's going to be a fascinating time to see if that brings more liquidity to the ecosystem. Do people actually move? Are they excited by this move? Does the ETH liquidity like hold on to that V3 until the very last breath? Or does it hold on and move? Does it hold on and go back into ETH? Like it's gonna be a fascinating like thing to watch. But yeah, that is true. Like US or yeah, native USDC was like a requirement for DYDX's launch. I think it's it's funny because even the D- DYDX loops back to the conversation we were having earlier about like how do you actually get onboarded into the Cosmos ecosystem? Because from everything I understand, they've literally worked with about five, six of the you know bigger teams in Cosmos to try and like figure out how they get onboarded. So they're like they're a fun you know DY an amazing team, and they even they need a lot of help and. You know that that's you just kind of look at oh god the benchmark we've got for actually getting developers over like the barrier to entry is so high now some of it's to do you know some of that definitely was to do with getting usdc across the line um some of it is also to do with like 
um, a really interesting challenge of how you give people these proof of stake tokens that they can kind of bring over and how they don't just take control of the network. And there's some interesting solutions they're putting there um, that will be kind of fun. I, I may be misremembering, but I think that it is definitely um, very, very, very soon that that is launching. So that'd be exciting to see how quickly it comes I want to say it's about, I think I want to say it's like two weeks. I think originally they intended to launch Metaverse. But they, yeah, I think, I think it is weeks rather than months, yeah. And, and I, yeah. I suspect that will be like the, the trigger that really sort of, you know, creates this sort of mass conversion from AXL to, to native USDC. Yeah. I mean, I had heard that V4 had been ready for a while, and I don't know if that's true or not, but I was hearing that back in like May that they were basically ready for launch. Uh, I mean, I, I really don't know. Bendy probably knows more than me, um, but, you know, like, USDC native wasn't wasn't there in May, and so that just probably wasn't even an option for them. Um, but right? I'm no, but sure that was that like their holding pattern. Maybe, maybe. Um, but yeah, what's I, I do. The think, story? Yeah, I do think what's the story? Morning glory. I mean, so if this is not like the best space or the number one space to be on, I don't know what people are doing with their lives. Like. Literally, the convo here, and I'm out in the rain, walking, by the way, if there's any noise, I don't care. Uh, I've been home for a fucking while. Like, literally, like, this is where all the fucking Dijons, and I see Liz down there, I get your arse up here, you tardy cunt, eh? Uh, This is where, like, people come to hang out. I just want to give a big fucking thank you shout out to Jessica like coming on tonight, like Jessica, you're a fucking savage, you. Like we, uh, you're a big uh, friend of Rack FM, right? Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on, and thanks for everybody who hopped up here to like jam. It's always fun. Well, you know, we're chain agnostic. I mean, Liz is over there on salami doing a fucking bit, the alpha female that she is. Like, wh- wherever you work, whatever ego, we've always got time to like chill, hang out, and just like have these conversations where maybe we feel like you don't find them elsewhere, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. I know a couple um, people who absolutely love to take the piss in other ecos who would be perfect on this show. Hook us up, darling. Hook us up. We're, we're about to go back to being full-time, but we're like, we know the value right now. And what I mean, I'm going to say this. I didn't mean to hijack the show. Please don't think I am anybody, but... Cos- uh, Cosmosovo with a K, right? Get your spelling right, Robbo. Cosmosovo, <laughs> Cosmosovo with a K. When it drops, I'm not kidding you, on Stargaze, Open Minter. So this is our second blockchain, the second project, the second EP, the first track. Like, Ambedos excel themselves. Finn's music is just, right now, culturally, so fucking relevant. This is like what I want like people to really understand about what Finn's doing right now. Is that he's like talking about stuff that's really factual, like an in the present. And he went away and he, he redid the chorus because like we weren't happy with it. And he's come back with a fucking banger. Jessica, I can't wait for you to hear it, like Dolan. Like I just I'm so buzzing with the industry right now. I think like we can make the difference. You know, we're talking about this shit and this shit or blah, blah. Like, there needs to be a platform, uh, Jessica, like a, a town square. That's what we want to be, the town Absolutely. square. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
my uh, my I think my closing take is that if you're not having fun, you're probably not doing crypto right. And that if you're taking things too seriously, quit being a bozo. Like, <laughs> I hate to be that way. And I know that there's very serious topics in the ecosystem regards to privacy and everything else. But man, that's what makes me bearish on crypto the most is where people get in like a little um, just like hive mind or they can only see things one way and they just stick to it and start like just crapping on everything and spouting absolute bullshit fud. Like, don't be that person. Try to see other viewpoints and just try to have fun because everybody who's like in this space for the most part and who's hard's down and working, super fucking smart. Like the real ones, doesn't matter their blockchain of choice. Sometimes it doesn't doesn't really even matter their viewpoints too much. Like if they've got great output, they're probably a fucking Chad. Uh, Exactly. I'm going to be a bit controversial before we bring Tank in and just say this. Like hanging out with the salami kids, shout out Liz, and the poly kids and that, like in their spaces, right? And the, especially the music NFT spaces and shit like that. And V and Fawn and a few others hanging out with like Rocky and that, if anybody knows a crew. And I'm like, there's far more to this industry than like what we think. Like once you get inside, like there's some kids out there just having like really good fun really good crack like you know sometimes i'm like online and i'm sitting there doing nothing for 30 minutes and i'm like okay listening and it's like holy fuck so like i said the day 99 of cosmos fucking spaces are proper boring as fuck it's just like dorks like look at me peacocking how good am i how good's my opinion i want to be relevant in the community and we're all like bro man we've seen your tweets you didn't need to come on spaces and act like a fucking pleb Anyway, I'll shut the fuck up. Uh, Tank, go on, son. Yo. Hey, yo, Bruce. Guys, can I pivot or build? Can I build? You guys mind? I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm do, do it. I'm going to do it. All right. I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask a question. Uh, if Bendy's still here, hopefully, Bendy's still here. Uh, as a member of the AA DAO, uh, or just personally, uh, and somebody who's gone to Cosmoverse, uh, the piece that Chango just put out, personally, or a member of the AA DAO, what did you guys think? What's your opinion about that? Could you please elaborate? As somebody who works on grants, works on the AEZ, and saw that, what was your guys' uh, what's your feedback? What's your guys' thoughts? Personally or as a member of the AADAL? I'd prefer both, to be honest with you. Okay. So as a member of the AADAL, I don't think it was a particularly relevant piece. I think it was really... You know, like if someone wants to kind of do a warts and all reveal on someone, like let's have some actual like quality journalism to it. Just recycling stuff that Jacob has put out in the past is not particularly helpful. So I don't think it will change much in terms of how we consider things within the DAO. Uh, You know, uh, personally, I thought it was like really sad that someone who kind of uh represents the ecosystem through the work that she does with interchain fm decided to kind of produce some sort of 4chan-esque expose video just at the kind of peak time um like you know can, like, I, can, I, can I ask you something uh yeah did go you for find it. both personally and i guess it's kind of one in the same but did you find truth though in the in the video 
any truth information in the video? Oh, like, so, like, don't get me wrong. Some things in there are true. Just what, like, but it's, it's, you know, when you. So relevance would would definitely kind of like it, it, that's what I'm kind of getting at. Like, I, I've heard similar. Um, I suppose what I'm saying, but but I'm like, but at the same time, people are saying, oh no, but there's facts in there, there's truth, but we shouldn't, like, it's not relevant. We shouldn't pay it any mind. I'm like, well, I think it's the truth. I think the, I think the problem is, is that you can, you know, if you, if you have three facts and you weave them together with a bunch of other stuff, those, the meaning of those facts change. Facts have value in the context they're in. And what is typical of that video, I think, is that it stripped out a lot of the context of these things. So things like Jack gets paid a lot of money, Strange Love do all this stuff, they work with all these different teams, they bill them for their work, is all true, right? They you know, but and he's always going around asking for money. No shit, he's got people to pay, and largely what they do is um work on stuff that never is going to have any revenue. You know, so but we all need IBC, right? If that that's Strange Love's primary business model is IBC. If we stop funding IBC, we're all fucked. Now, there could be a better team to go and build that. That's fine. But this video, as far as, like... So that kind of, that, but that kind of leads into the point, though, right? Like, is Strange Love IBC? When the points she was making about, like, either pretty much, hostage to a gun Pretty, pretty like, much. Pretty yeah, much. So, like, so are yeah. we setting ourselves up to point the gun back into our own face? by ignoring the fact that there is relevance in that discussion. And right. I know I agree with you. I agree with you, by the way, Bendy, where it's like, it's all about narrative and how you kind of weave. And it's, you know, it, I get, I get all of that, but I'm, I'm trying to dig into that conversation because while. Tank, tank, let's be honest, tank, tank, tank 50%, 50% of that video was disingenuous. Like, like Jack was on, he's taught about what he did, like IBC go, et cetera, et cetera. We've had the technical conversations. 50% of that video was duplicitous. Uh, right. But there was, an element, there was an element of like, yeah, exactly. What about the other 50%? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to play devil's advocate. I am trying to be, you know, I'm just facilitating the conversation as a community member, as somebody that's engaged. Uh, you know, I, I don't want people to always just kind of brush it off. Like, oh, it's a hit piece. Oh, it's this and that. Like, there's, Whenever you see these kind of stuff, like even jokes, right? Like there's that saying that the reason why a lot of things are funny is because there's the underlining truths to a lot of things. The reason why that video is there's underlining truths. And it's like we can't keep ignoring these things as an entity, whether you're individually looking at business structures like Strange Love or we're looking at the whole of the Cosmos ecosystem. What in regards, whatever, wherever you stand and whatever your viewpoint is, we can't ignore the fact that there are some underlining truths to this. And if we keep doing that long-term, it could actually, not saying that it will, not saying that it will, definitely not saying that, it's, that it will, but it could definitely be pointing the gun back into our own face. And, and you know, that's not good. I think that the, the thing here, though, is that like, so for example, uh, at Cos- during Cosmoverse, Jacob uh, decided to tackle this problem of block size and the security issue around it by... The block sizes, according to Jacob, are too big, so therefore we need to make them four times bigger. Uh, I don't quite understand it. But then what he proceeded to do was DDoS the hub's testnet. And the reason he's doing that is to to prove that he's right, and it's a kind of testing thing, and it's a developer thing. But there is another argument that just says, well, this guy who wants a load of money was attacking the hub's testnet. 
to um and like, like that's what i mean there are facts in there but there are presentational differences and i think the problem with something like what chango's video does is you completely lose any value in the facts that are in there because it's so emotionally charged and such poor kind of like so you know it's such a hit piece that the actual value of discussion you could have around it is immediately devalued and i don't think that's helpful i think there are significant issues in the ecosystem around transparency of funding who's doing what work what and teams I, should I, be collaborating and, and all of that all of that conversation and all of that conversation has really to happen do, i actually really do agree with you about about uh chengo's piece it, it, it's very it's hard to digest and it's hard to do that because it is so emotionally charged and that's uh part of the reason why i'm, I'm trying to as a community members and as you know, individuals ourselves that are here about working with us, to hand. work on this and to have well, hold on, and it's to have these uncharged emotional conversations where you know we're 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 we're, we're rooted. We're you know we're actually trying to look at it uh, as uh, you know constructive uh, conversation instead of like a hit piece. And so, and well, for well, that, I, that I agree. That's, I love we that. that. Thank, thank that. That's there and available for you, mate. So there's, there's basically two main things here. That, that I think uh, are fairly relevant in, in assessing this this hit piece, right? First of all, Chango wasn't at Cosmoverse, which sort of tells me a lot about someone who is willing to release a video like that and doesn't even show up at the event. You know, if you're going to say something like that, then then say it to his face and be there, you know? The second thing is that there was actually a panel about this. You know, we had, like, Jack and, um, what's his name, uh, Brain Jar, both sat with someone in between them on a panel, on a stage, discussing all about IBC, how it all came about, who's managing it, who's building, who's the future of IBC. And, and there's a very, very civil, you know, well-intended well well discussion live on stage that people can go and watch. And so I think that has a lot more relevance to, to the sort of the point that you're trying to make than this video that was sent in by someone who wasn't even at the event. Fair points. Fair points. I agree. Guys, I'm, uh, I'm trapped there. Can we go to hands? Uh, sorry about the noise. I'm in a massive storm. Uh, Jessica? Well, I was just going to say, like, going back to Chango's video, one, it's a classic Milady performance. Wouldn't expect anything different with, from someone with that PFP. But um, two, I think that if we want to criticize, like, Strange Love for their business model, um, we want to criticize like people like Notional for their business model who do make a lot of money via like pretty public funding doing things that like otherwise wouldn't bring revenue. That's fine. But the real issue here is like right now, these are the only teams in that game. And if you don't, if like, if you think that bill's too much, the best thing that someone could do is get a team together and provide that service just as well, but for cheaper. Like it goes back to centralization and just not having enough people in this space. That's why they're able to do what they do and charge what they charge. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, my, my biggest thing, and I agree with basically a lot of just about everything you guys are saying. The biggest takeaway is like, you know, that realization or if people are not as engaged as we are uh, in this space and maybe don't know those things or whatnot, you know, or, or just maybe from the outside looking in or like, you know, they're being curious about the Atom ecosystem or Cosmos ecosystem and, and whatnot. And then they see those kind of things for whatever reason. Maybe they stumble across it or, you know, it's the thing that's trending or whatever. Uh, the one thing, you know, that I took away and I thought that they would be easily able to take away is like there is a centralization point of 
IBC. And there's only one team that pretty much, from what it sounded like on her video, was, you know, holding it hostage. If, it, if things don't happen, like, there could be dire consequences and all that stuff. And so for the sake of, you know, centralization and, and like, that's what I'm talking about, the gun pointing back in our face and stuff like that, like, it's concerning to me. And, and, and yeah, that, that's why I want to bring it up. That's why I want to ask what Bendy thought and, you know, every, and everybody else here that works so hard in expanding the Cosmos ecosystem. Like, it's good to hear. It's, it's good to hear all you guys' feedback. And I agree with you. I think people need to just step up to the plate. Okay, hey, if you don't think that's fair, work on it. Work on it. <laughs> just to, to, to chip in one more time, I'm not, like, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm not worried in the slightest about Strange Love taking IBC hostage. Uh, like, <laughs> I, I just, I have, and, and, you know, this this is personal conviction and, and maybe I'm an idiot, but I, I, I have zero belief that Jack and his team would ever act in a malicious way towards IBC. I think, I still think that we should have more teams working on IBC. Uh, ultimately, the people... Wait, that wait, own... wait. Uh, Bendy, on that point, can I say something? Strange Love does not have the stranglehold over IBC in the way that Confio has the stranglehold over Cosmwasm, which is actually a far more important and relevant conversation, actually. So, like, at the well, moment, I think, that, I think they're, all, they're both fundamentally important. I wouldn't want to pick one over the other, Robo. But what I would at say the moment, is that, though, Confio, at the moment, Confio are blackmailing the ecosystem. And I will I refer people. Good, wait, I will refer to, no, Spendy, wait. Hear oh, me out. No, I'm not going to wait for you, man. I'm going to tell I'll, you I'll this is the ICF problem. Confio are having to do what they do because the ICF doesn't care about smart contracts. The ICF are looking after the SDK and they're looking after um, IBC and they're not funding correctly smart contracts in the ecosystem. So I've gotten zero patience with criticisms of Confio, not because there's anything because Confio are perfect, but because they're having to battle against the very foundation that's meant to be looking after our ecosystem. That I get. Okay. So that I do get. However, their approach, like, especially, I mean, Simon Water, like, tweeting out a big personality, important person in the dev space. Oh, we'll just go on strike then, shall we? Like, that's not what we want to hear. Leftism, Marxism, again, like a lot of other things, does not belong in crypto, dude. And but, sorry, Bendy, I'm nearly home. Say, no, no, you're kind of like proving my point. Like, well, I agree with you, Bendy, and and and, and Robo. I, I see. I get what you're saying too. Like, I full with all my beings, every fiber in my body. I go. I don't think strange love. Like, I'm not worried. To, I'm just like you, Bendy. But at the same time, man, I've been in business and I've seen things, and I'm old enough to know. Don't put all your eggs in hopium. Like you just you just said, ICF is supposed to be the place, the entity that's supposed to be nurturing, taking care, and doing this and this in their regards or whatever they do, right? It's the same thing you just said about strange love, but then you just said, I, you know, personally, like you can't talk out the side of your face. Like I, I'm just a conservative DJ. I want to prepare for the worst, then hope for the best. And like, I don't know. Like, I did. I think narrative is, is everything. Crypto is narrative. And like, if we don't have a sellable and aligned narrative, it's a dangerous place to be, man. We can't say, Oh, it's never going to happen. Look at Jay. What happened with Jay in tournament? Look what happened to ICF. All these people were supposed to be looking after the best, supposed to be carrying on their fiduciary duties. That shit doesn't happen a lot of the times. And so let, let's, I don't know. I just, that's why I want to bring it up. Like, right? Like, 
Well, loop, looping back to IBC, I think the good thing is that the the you know effectively the the product owner is the is the ICF. They're the ones who are in charge of its roadmap. Now they then subcontract to Strange Level, whoever else they choose. So that system has a bit more robustness in it than the one that we have with Cosmosm, and that's why I'm so that's why I have such different opinions on those two different positions. I can I can see that too. I can see that. So basically, uh, Jessica's fucking show got hijacked into some hybrid. I'm hoping <laughs> home play. It's so good. This is a good. I the good like, well, the, wait, hold on. The good I stuff asked. was the first hour, though. I'm just saying. Not that this isn't good stuff, but I, I mean, know. Jessica's story, you I, know, was the I first think hour. Player, but I mean, like, but this is fun stuff, too. I think home player might have a question for you, too. I hope he has because he's a, he's always like he's the best guy to bring things back on point. Is home pleb. Home pleb, welcome to the room, brother. What's going on, everybody? Um, I don't even know what I was gonna say. I I think I jumped in here because you guys were talking about Jack and Strange Love um, and all that stuff. And I, I I think I was gonna bring up one of Tank's favorite cliches, which is "Don't cut off your nose to spite your face." And this feels like one of those moments. So I would say that is kind of where this is. And I, I think um, it was Jessica who made the great point. Like, if other teams want to do what Jack does and charge less money for it, I mean, Jack's a great capitalist. He'll understand, right? And he'll have to adapt his business model. Uh, so, yeah. I, but, yeah, I'm not going to add much of substance to this conversation. Y'all know I'm a pleb. Go Orioles. Everybody, root for my Orioles this weekend, please. Thank you. Love you all. Flip some NFTs. Have fun. Did you hear what I actually said? Did you hear what I actually said to Jack on the interview? And I said, like, Jack, I'm not being funny. Like, in, in circles, like, you talked about as being, like, the best, like, BD uh, manager, like, out there. Like, like Jack has got some, like, serious, proper, like, talent in the BD business development world. Like, he is, like, and, and raising money and shit, he is a force to be reckoned with. Like, this is what I think escapes a lot of people is, like, the proof is in the pudding. The guy's done it, like, again and again and again, no matter, like, what happens. You can't, like, take that away from somebody, mind. You have to look at the metrics, so I, I, you know. You could see that. You could see that at the, uh, the conference. Did you actually see his, uh, his presentation on day one, and he kind of got rugged at the beginning. Like they had a picture of uh, Dean Tribble up and they got all the wrong slides and he basically sort of got made to sweat for like 15 minutes on stage before he got to present. And like that, that is like my worst nightmare, right? It's just, it just completely throw you off. But he he handled it so well, you know, he's like doing Q&A with the audience, like kind of took it all in his stride. And um, yeah, like that is one thing that you can't sort of fault him on is, is, is you know, is the way he conducts himself like in public and, and stuff like that. So like completely agree with you on that Robo for sure. And there's not that many people are willing to come on like Rack FM and be asked open and honest like questions on a recorded space. We're like, and without all of the like, oh, can we pre-screen you? Like whatever. He's like, you want to spin one up? I'm there. And we're just like, right, okay, it's happening tomorrow. Are you ready? Yeah, bang, no problem. Now, a lot of things like that, though, do carry weight. Whether everything he said you think is true or not, I mean, Lipit was in the DMs during that Rack FM show for like two hours, like, what about that? What about this? You know, and we, we, we were already were ready to prompt. We didn't need like his help, but yeah, witch hunting. Witch hunting, it does not work in this eco. 
like Cosmos, Cosmos devs, Jessica, and not willing to be fucking witch hunted. You need to be softly, softly over here and try and like understand bigger pictures, right? Yeah, totally. By the way, darling, Decent, I know you said decentralized you finance and decentralized witch hunts, right? <laughs> I know you didn't have much time, Jessica, darling. Uh, we have got a couple of people up, but we've got Parik and we've got your man, uh, KRP. Yeah, Absolutely have to drop at the 30, though. I've got a meeting. Okay, darling, no problem whatsoever. Like, it's been a pleasure, mind. Absolute fucking pleasure for everybody. Uh, go on, uh, KRP, is it? Yeah, it's KRP, uh, Rack FM, GM, GM. Uh, glad to be on the space. I actually followed uh, B-Bands uh, into this rabbit hole. Sort of. And, uh, yeah, very glad to be here. I'm a musician from India. And it's my first time with this community here, uh, with this space. Um, I'm, I'm afraid uh, I'm, I have much to learn about this community, about Rack FM. And uh, yeah, uh, I do have to drop in a bit. Uh, my uh, some friends of mine have started a space, uh, but I'm here for a while, and I'm uh, yeah, I'm just vibing with y'all. Thank you, thank you for letting me up. So um, I interviewed KRP, and he shared some of his music. It was like a mix. Of um, it was just really good music. I shared it with I'll you guys, listen. but I listened on um, the Jello space. So, I listened. Yeah, it was it was yeah. really good. So he, you know, he follow. He's he's awesome. And if you guys want to give him a follow, that's cool. And definitely, if you want to learn some interesting stuff, you should hop in and, and and hang out and take a listen because this was a really great um space. And Jessica's origin story, if you listen to the first hour, is fantastic. Thank. He he knows. K K R P knows. All we're a bit retarded. I mean, everybody who drops into like Rack FM has to have a certain degree of like retardedness, uh, even if that is like a word. I mean, we're all, that's the reason we're all here in the first place. Uh, before, before Funky comes Robo, in. Robo, I guess yes? Bruce told me earlier I had to say that we're, uh, we're ice creamed or something. We can't say that we're retarded. <laughs> ice cream no, what about enthusiasts. Bruce said Wait, that. No, he's 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 an old geezer, so no, he can't Listen. can't teach an old dog new tricks. There's a there's a cutoff. There's a cutoff age where you can and can't use that word. Got it. So, I, so here I grew up. I have up a question. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a new word that's going around. Can't we just say like neurodivergent? Yeah. What are your no. pronouns, P Bands? I'm neurodivergent. Can I hang out at Rack FM? Is that is that I what might. I? What, I have special needs. It is Rack FM spaces. Oh, when you mention special needs, we all think about Bruce, you know. I might send him a hamper tonight because uh, he might need it. Before we go to Funky's hand, let's just quickly, and, and XRP will come back. Yeah, sorry, is it? Oh, well, I can't get that. KRP. We'll come back in a second. Let's just say quickly good morning to Patrick. Patrick, hello, son. You're a long friend of the show. Yeah, how are you this morning? It's, uh, it's morning for me. It's probably evening for you, eh? Oh, we're going fucking mental out here, man, Patrick, man. Your woman's class. She's been fucking gas all day. I've really enjoyed this show, dude. Come on. Um, yeah, I, I just kind of wanted to come up here and just talk about the, the whole strange love situation a little bit. And at the end of the day, the, the way that we look at strange love, they're just really trying to become a company like Red Hat, really. Right. They, they work on open source software. They're one of the few people that are actually trained and capable of contributing to the repos that they contribute to. They commercialize products that is not funded by ICF. I, I think that they're a good thing for the ecosystem at the end of the day, if I'm being completely honest. Um, they were there for us. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100
couldn't agree with you more. And Andrew, Andrew's one of the best devs actually out there. He's one of the unsung heroes of the ecosystem, right? Yeah, absolutely. At the end of the day, it's they work on open source software. They need to pay their devs. Golang and Rust devs, they're not cheap, right? Um, and really, the only other people that could work on that software would be other teams that are building chains. So I think it's important for have mercenary dev teams out there that try to verticalize and, and commercialize working on open source software and helping other enterprises integrate that software. It really grows the pie at the end of the day. Uh, that's just my take on it, at least. Dude, yeah, the thing is, I, I like this is what I want people to know is that Jack never shies away from like spelling out. Like, this is what took me back with uh, Chango's video a little bit. I, I was like, there are some elements of truth, yeah, given the fact you were honing in on composable, etc. But like, that's not really a fair representation or reflection of what actually is going on. It was like very biased, obviously, to a degree. Anyway, that's all I'll say. Yeah, I, absolutely. But if you look at the incentives of of him and and his company, I, I wouldn't want Composable to come in either. Right? It's it's he, he's running a, a company that what all they do is, is they contribute to open source software and they help enterprise integrate open source software. And it's from him that's just another competitor entering the ecosystem. Along with Notional would be the other one. There's a few other guys out there, but. Um, if you look at the incentives, it makes totally, total complete sense why he would react like that, in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting to see what's going on. I think the, uh, I think the IBC or what you're seeing now with the entire thing and real replicated security, neuron, et cetera, et cetera, the, the, the technological eyes of what, like innovation, what's really happening is like all over us. It's just that there's no actual like liquidity, like traction or whatever, for some reason. Uh, I, guys, I'm very conscious of our time. Uh, are you tap dancing, Robo? Sorry, dude? It sounds like you're tap dancing. Oh, oh I couldn't help but think, like, what the hell is that noise I'm in the background? The <laughs> Wait, I'm out in the rain. I'm in the garden. Wait a minute. It's just been like, a, see, I've got gigantic mango trees. So when the rain stops, the trees, like, drip forever. Let's go to Funky. Uh, he's got his hand up because your woman's got to drop out on the half an hour. So, Funky? Hey, yeah, I actually have to drop too. I have a 1030 as well. But I wanted to just say this real quick. Yes, it, Jessica, it was thank you. I, I still got to go back and listen to the beginning to hear the first like 20 minutes that I missed because I was with Don and I did the meditation late. But uh, I really enjoyed your story. Um, Robo, thank you for putting together this space today. I was really keen on hearing Jessica's backstory. This is all really interesting. But I want to give KRP a very specific shout out. Um, I've heard him before. If you guys haven't heard him because I got to leave. He's been on like I go on the espresso shot with my buddy Sansa. He's like closed out the spaces and he is an incredible musician. If you guys get a chance and he can close down the space with some music, this dude can sing, he can play. It's amazing. Definitely oh, check dude. this guy out. Dude, he was on the Gelato spaces the other week. I was like, who? who? I mean, it was late for me, but I, I, I tuned in at the beginning. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He's ridiculous. Really cool. Yeah, super great. But anyhow, I, I'm going to hang out for a couple more minutes, but I do got to jump in about five. So much love to everybody. KRP's got his hand up. Yo, GM, GM, uh, Funky, thank you so much for the love, man. I actually had my hand up to just say that uh, if you guys would like uh, would like to listen to a song, probably uh, have my guitar uh, right here. Let's go. Let's go, brother. Let's fucking go. Let's go. Yeah, drop it. I'll use this before you start to say thank you for having me on.
I'm going to drop, but stick around and listen to KRP's awesome song. Thanks, sir. Jessica, thank you very much. You've been an absolute starlet, absolute starlet tonight. We really appreciate you, darling. Take care. We're always behind you, okay? Yep, till next time. Such a pleasure. Thank you, Jason. I definitely wish I was there a little earlier for the discussion, Jessica. Uh, definitely, I, I'm, I have a feeling I missed something big. But until next time, uh, this is the song. I hope you guys like it. I'm jealous of the rain that falls upon your skin. It's closer than my hands have been. Oh, I'm jealous of the rain. Hope the audio quality is fine. Yeah, I'm on wide spectrum. I'm jealous of the wind that ripples through your clothes. It's closer than your shadow. I'm jealous of the wind. Cause I wish you the best of all this world could give. And I told you, when you left me, there's nothing to forgive. But I always thought you'd come back. Tell me all you found was heartbreak and misery. It's hard for me to say I'm jealous of the way you're happy without me. I'm jealous of the nights that I don't spend with you, wondering who you lay next to. Oh, I'm jealous of the nights. I'm jealous of the love, the love that was in here, gone for someone else to share. Oh, I'm jealous of the love Cause I wish you The best of All this world could give And I told you When you left me There's nothing to forgive But I always thought you'd come back Tell me all you found was heartbreak and misery. It's hard for me to say I'm jealous of the way you're happy without me. It's hard for me to say I'm jealous of the way you're happy without me. You're happy without me. You're happy without me. Thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Woo! Man, man's got soul, right? Man's got soul in his voice, man. I was, I'm, I'm sitting here rolling the spliff, and I'm like, that's fucking soul, bro. Yeah, man. Like actual goosebumps at the beginning. Like really, really powerful stuff. It's cool to hear. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. Uh, so I do shout out to Funky, bro. Actually, Funky, uh, we've never met or spoken, but yo, thank you so much for shouting me out, man. How's the day going on? How's your morning going on, brother? 
It's really good, but actually I got to jump because I have a 1030. So I do have to dip, but I'm glad I got to hear your whole song, KRP. You are, like Robo said it, Soy said it, the soul in your voice is just palpable. So anyhow, thanks for everybody who's been here. I really hope everybody has a wonderful weekend. I do got to dip, but uh, I'll, I'll catch you soon. Much love, gang. Take care. Take care, Funky. Big, big fan of the show. Big brother of the show. We love you to bits. I will say with uh, KRP, though, and this is what is so fascinating with like people. It's the same experience I get in Thailand, right? Especially like my missus who like loved singing. She was pretty good as well. Like KRP, please take this in like the nicest way possible is that you'll hear your voice and then your singing voice makes you go like, what the fuck? Like, uh, that's not what I was expecting. Like I've experienced this like several times in like Thailand, like I say. <laughs> You know, people talk in a certain way, and then the singing, you go like, where the fuck did that come from? Like, Rob, I, I was going to say exactly the same thing, but in a completely different way. So, like, isn't it fascinating that people completely lose their accents when they sing? Uh, except in Thailand, actually, where they just still sound fucking Thai. Yo, I mean, I completely feel you guys on this, uh, Rack. It's like, um, what can I say? Like... Uh, the thing in 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 the eastern part of the world is we are so influenced. Uh, I mean, of course, uh, India and China, Japan, and especially South Korea. Also, we have our own um, very 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 vibrant and rich music. Like India has a lot of Bollywood music, and I love Bollywood music. I actually speak four different languages, um, and I speak two Indian languages, uh, three actually. So, uh, like, we have a very rich culture here. But that said. Uh, and we love, I love singing uh, like songs in all these three languages, but English has so much of a, uh, like a strong grip on my soul, I would say, uh, like I just can't let it go. Like I literally grew up listening to, I want it that way, tell me why. So, <laughs> that's the thing, bro. <laughs> that song, tell me why. Do, 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 do. <laughs> Bro, I grew up with fucking Anton Deck. I mean, let's get, let's get, let's get ready to rumble. So you'll tell you about those days, man. We grew up in fucking dog shit, us like in the UK. <laughs> bro, what? That's it, bro. I also about doesn't lose his accent when he sings. Bro, but yo, Rag, by the way, uh, which part of the UK uh, are you from, if I may ask? Because I used to live in Hull for nine months when I was a kid. My dad, uh, like, he took the entire family there. Because he was studying and you couldn't stay without the family. But, uh, yo, which part are you from, bro? So, that's an interesting topic and conversation. But I love the fact that you're like, dude, I lived in Hull for like, And I'm like, oh, hey, we fucking go. Because, bro, I lived in Hull, right, for so long as well. I also lived uh, across, like, the river. Uh, well, I lived in Scunthorpe. Uh, then I lived in uh, Brig. So you probably know, if you've lived in Hull, you probably know Brig, uh, B-R-I-G-G. It's like a little market. I, I, I haven't heard of it yet, but I'm going to look it up. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm glad you've been in Hull, man. Like I mean, Hull, Hull, is, Hull is like the south of South Yorkshire. And what happens is uh, you've got the Humber and then it enters into Lincolnshire. So like on one side, you've got, Sir, I mean, I lived in Scunthorpe, which is probably worse than Hull. But Hull was actually voted like three years in a row at this time, early 2000s, the worst city in Europe to live in. Like Hull was like one of the dog shit cities of the world. 
I have been, I've lived in Portsmouth, I've lived in London, I've been to the rough places in England. Hull is special. Hull, you get to McDonald's, there's a tramp, there's a tramp on every door in McDonald's, like a begging tramp. It's like, like Hull is like a world that no one's experienced until you go there. Like the hookers everywhere. It's like, holy fuck, dude. dude actually, Rack, you know what? Uh, I, I know probably the conversation is going that way. I mean, if you don't want to get into it, totally cool. But I, I like, I feel you on that. Uh, I feel you on that. Like one thing was British people are amazing, right? I get really nice vibes from you, man. I hope we stay in touch. I'm like, I've talked to you, follow. But the other thing is that I actually had, uh, uh, like, I had to face racism, bro. Like, uh, I was in school, and uh, this kid... Sorry to hear that. I'm sorry. As a, as a British person, I'm sorry to hear that you experienced any racism. Okay, yeah, it was, it was really bad, dude. I mean, like, people are really great. But the thing is that, like you said, uh, Hull uh, is a certain place that's still developing, so to say. And the other thing was that, um, like... A lot of kids come from broken homes, right? They grow up, grow up in families that are not able to support them properly. So um, I was like, uh, I was beaten up by this little kid. Like he was a little shorter than me. And he like he just hit me when I was having my food and for no reason. And I woke up in the hospital. This was a government school. And then uh, my dad had me move to a different school. I think it was a private. I don't know uh, I, because private schools are very expensive. So I think it was a public one again. But I think uh, he he pushed down my age by a year so that I can uh, hang with younger kids because the older kids were a little rough around the edges. And uh, that's what happened, bro. I had a little bad experience there, and but but all in all, I mean, I said that only because you you kind of you um, brought light to that aspect of Hull. But I have listen, listen, bro. No, no. I, listen, can I be really clear cut here with you? Unfortunately, in England, and so I will tell you, we do have an IQ problem, right? There are honestly there are master fucking races. Right, who are just like well read, intellectually like connected to like what the cracker is, right? And then there's the Greg's eating pasty fucking baby fucking dwellers that like, dude, literally they're just these people that are not worth your time. I mean, I know in America they've got like trailer trash. Like these cunts are not even in a trailer, they've got a fucking five bedroom house where fucking whatever's going on. Like, you've got no idea of the retardation that I saw my country turning into. And I'm like, I can't live there, bro. This is like why I've fucking been away out in England for like 20 years. I can't deal with the pasty babies, right? With the pa pasty crusts all over them with the motherfucking in the betting shop. I mean, so you'll tell you, it's fucking England is a right shithole when you really look at it. Culturally, very rich. Society or social wise, like, pfft. It's a fucking, it's a, it's a piece of dog shit, like, dude. I'd say that, like, sort of the the best of British is is right up there with the best of anything, but, like, the worst of the British is is the absolute pits, the, the worst of anywhere. Um, and unfortunately, that's sort of, like, what you see on display when you go around most sort of holiday resorts around the world, um, especially sort of, like, cheaper places and stuff. It's not really a great uh, great example of, of, of the best of British. But yeah, um, I, I tend to generally agree with with what Robbo says about the sort of the general state of the country and stuff, and it's unfortunate. And I think the knife crime. I think the knife crime. I mean, even though it's trying to be like pro trade, like 
there's not enough emphasis on the very fact that there are people just walking around in London on a daily basis, stabbing one another in the heart. And there's all like, it's, I know it goes on everywhere. There are worse places, like, but you have to look per capita. Like, I think London was uh, two years ago, was the murder capital of uh, Europe, right? Like the murder couple of Europe is always a, like a tag you do not want to get. I am fucking telling you, and I've said this again and again. Give me an iPad, a laptop, MacBook. Let me walk around Bangkok four o'clock in the morning, pretend I'm drunk as fuck. Nobody's coming at me. Put me in London in certain uh, most areas. You don't even give me 10 minutes. It took uh, Donald McIntyre. So if anyone knows how Donald, Donald McIntyre is, right, you should do. He's a legendary British reporter. Yeah? It took him like seven minutes to get robbed at knife point in London, walking down the street with his iPhone. And then obviously they had the tracker in and it was traced to Nigeria and shit, like within like 48 hours. But holy fuck, man, I view, I live in Bangkok, guys, and I view London as a war zone. That, that like England has fallen. That's all I've got to say. Anyway, I'd rather live in fucking dude. I'd rather live in India than live in fucking London. I'll tell you, that's in West Beirut. That shit, man. Bro, I mean, I have definitely uh, like moved to a smaller town. Uh, rack, like I've moved to a smaller town, and uh, it's things are good, man. Like um, it's a very old uh, home that my uh, parents have, so we don't have to pay rent. I mean, I'm still I'm broke actually as a musician. I've I've put, taken it upon myself to become a full time uh, musician, and it's going decently. But yeah, basically I'm broke, so that's the reason why I'm I'm living in a small town. But things are okay, man. Like it's safe and uh, it's it's nice here and uh, not noisy. That's important for me to make music. But let's see where life takes me. I don't know. Have, I mean, you, have you put NFTs out? Have you been putting music NFTs out? Have you? Yeah, of course, Rack. I uh, actually I have uh, been active since a year and a half. I've produced close to uh, nine to ten uh, small collections, very small collections, uh, very very small, like 25, 20, uh, like that each time. But uh, my next one is going to be the largest from India uh, because there's not many. Actually, there's no one else from India, geographically speaking, uh, actively on Web3. But uh, yeah, man, actually, you know what, Rack, I'd love to just like even you and Soy, uh, anyone here, just please, please, I like request you to send me your address. I would love to airdrop like my latest song. Uh, you know, just I, we need to stay in touch. I don't know why, Rack. We we haven't come across each other, homie. Why? <laughs> uh, bro, it's all good in the hood. It's all good in the hood. And you know something on, on that note, actually, though, because Finn is always on the case. Even when he's not here, Finn is DMing, like, Robo, Robo, to record it. You know, let's, like, get it in one. Uh, if we go past the two-hour 40 mark, Finn, Finn, like, would be foreman. So I'm going to wind it down. However, guys, I'm just going to say this, right, for the culture. I am going to spin up an unrecorded one. Uh, where any like on the Rack FM account, where anybody's willing to come in and spout off and spout out about anything you fucking like, we'll probably continue the conversation like for you know a little bit longer. Why not? Uh, but in regards to like the actual show, show, uh, I'm gonna actually close it down pretty soon. So let's go around the room, uh, Sefi, Tank, Soy, Home Pleb, and then your man, uh, KPR. 
and then uh, I will wind it down there very quickly. Sefi, anything to say? Did you enjoy? I mean, you've been here the full full space. Have you enjoyed it, Sefi? Yeah, I've been kind of walking around uh, Honolulu this morning, so I'm kind of out of town. <laughs> so just enjoying the show. Uh, you guys uh, entertain me during my walk here. I'm pleased to hear it, bro. That's what we're there for, just the entertainment. I mean, uh, I often stick the replay on on the show and just like, take the dogs for a walk and just listen to all you chads going on it. Uh, Tank, any parting comments, bro? Probably had a good time tonight. You had a great great space last night, Tank, by the way. Can I come oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I, was with, I was a good space with everybody here, man. Uh, I just want to say thank you guys for uh, always uh, entertaining my curiosity. Uh, I, I really enjoy conversations with all of you guys. Uh, all the speakers over here. I hope you guys all have a good night, good morning, good afternoon, whatever it is. Uh, look forward to it next time. And uh, yeah, I'm going to back Tank up and say he had a very prominent space last night. Uh, I mean, I was on four in the morning, a bit embarrassed probably for myself, ignore Robbo, but actually go and listen to some of the real shit. And you'll, that, last night was a very good fucking space. So I listened back to the whole thing today and I was like, Damn, that is a good fucking space. So if you haven't caught it, guys, jump on Tank's profile, follow him. Same like you should be with everybody. Soy, Sefi, everyone, home pleb even. Uh, last night was a really, really important space, I think, for many people regarding uh, Adam, uh, the AA Dow, uh, Grants, uh, all, all sorts of stuff. Very interesting. Soy, do you want to close us out before home pleb? Uh, yeah, I'll just sort of reiterate what you just said about last night's space with Tank. I thought it was superb. I didn't actually come up and speak because uh, there were some sort of dangerous topics, but a lot of people were sort of saying the stuff that I needed to say anyway. So it was uh, that was nice. Um, and uh, and yeah, mate, good show as always. Amazing to hear KRP. We should probably get him on for like intro or out- outro every Friday or something, mate. I reckon. Well, we'll invite them back. KRP, we'll invite you back with the. Uh with V. Well, actually, we'll try and get you on the V show. So, guys, I'm going to get V on soon. And uh, Fondue is going to come on. So we'll have a music space. Hopefully, KRP will bless us with his presence. Can we get that up in the DMs, bro? Is that okay? Bro, absolutely. Just uh, like, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm mostly available. I'm available any day after 11 a.m. EST. That's like the best time uh, for me. And I think worldwide too. But yeah, uh, the time zone like should match. That's all. But I'm good. Yeah. Oh, dude, you Gucci. We are across five continents, man. Rack, Rack spans the world, man. We are, trust me, like the six people got access to this account across like four different time zones. Like we are legendary. I will just reiterate, though, what Soy said. It will be great to have a repeat of shit, uh, definitely, like, on a proper, like, space where it's, like, you know, centric, focused on the music, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I'm, I'm DMing V at the minute. Hopefully, we're going to organise it. She said I had to buy an NFT before she would agree, but I'm sure she was just rugging me for a laugh. Uh, Fun said he'll come on anyway. But home pleb, you're the last man standing before we close down on the two hour forty five minute mark. Anything to say, brother? Not a thing, man. Let let's close this thing down. Lovely. Uh, I do want to close it down just by saying that I think Finn and Ambedo, in my personal opinion, are doing something amazing with this next single. It's an open edition Minter on Stargaze. We really, and it's going to, all the funds will go straight to the Dow. So it's all going to be managed on chain. You're going to see everything. 
Uh, we're going to start the subdel, the SG subdel, get used in and start making decisions on Rack FM. But I just can't wait for you to see what I believe is the evolution of these two guys, right? Finn's at a level now that, like, he wasn't at, you know, six months ago, seven months ago. And Beto's, what is what Ambedo's just created this war zone, right? Like, uh, this is Ambedo's best work ever. I just want you to, like, no, Cosmosovo. I know it's going to get a bit of fucking shit, like, for what we're doing and blah, blah, but no, I don't care. None of us do. We're like, we're going to do what we want to do. It's up to the public to like it. I hope we gain all your support. It's going to be so cheap, you know, 99 cents or something. Uh, we're just really, really, really interested for our second blockchain adventure after the first. So, yeah, man, let's uh, let's quickly end. Uh, right, KRP, you've got the last word, bro, and we're finished. Oh, no, I just wanted to say thank you so much for giving me the opportunity, uh, Rack and uh, Soitu and everyone here. And would love to stay in touch with all of you. And I'm uh, in an awesome mood today. Uh, so I just want to give away like some NFTs to you guys. Uh, please send me your ETH addresses. I'll just airdrop something for you guys. And much love. Uh, stay in touch. Thank you. No worries, man. I, I'm actually going to spin up an unrecorded one in a minute. Uh, if anyone's got any comments, uh, everybody's more than welcome. But guys, this has been another epic fucking episode of Rat FM without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, it is, I believe, I think, f- f- what is it, the 6th of uh, October? I don't give a fuck, actually. What date is it? Uh, who cares? 6th of October, 2023. And this is your fucking favourite, or was, Cosmos Crypto Breakfast, US of A Crypto Show. There we go. It's been a gas. It hasn't... Anyway, I'll spin in uh, an unrecorded one up and anyone's more than willing to come in and talk whatever you fucking want to talk about or whatever. Good night and God bless. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting nottas And then to end a long day, eleven bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss It's all moss And I'm liking the odds Fondue in the morning Forming mycological bonds Click the cap though The road is highly involved Flip a coin Diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures Under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lace Stacked and non-toxic just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage like the shit is played for keeps Clowns white knight and all these Maybelines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community All these low hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity Got a planet in reach
breach Coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts And send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release When I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs We got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king You better have some of each Motherfuckers fuckers screaming out loud Looking for mercy Before they find themselves Working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and under the earth Say and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Tell the spaces. <laughs>